watch and chat with the podcast live Thursday nights at twitch.tv slash TV. Okay, here we go. Okay, shoot, I'm so sorry. Okay, here we go. Okay. On the left-hand corner, we have Asmongold. He's going to be the co-host. He's going to help me uh, moderate, uh, move along topics, and kind of, you know, let people know how much time they have left on the topic if, if, if we reach the end point. So welcome, Asmongold. Thanks um, for having me. Next to Asmongold, we have Destiny. For those of you that don't know him, he's one of the original stream personalities who has moved on from gameplay streams to focus on a lot of political content, including debates and discussions on his live channel that typically pitches a left versus right um, sort of thing. Um, Destiny, w w would you like to explain what your political stances are? Um, well, do you want to introduce everybody and then we can do that? Or? Well, I was going to do one by one so we could just do that and then after each person's introduction. Um, yeah, sure. I guess broadly, you would probably describe me in the United States as a progressive. Um, economically, I, I, I don't know where I would necessarily fall. I'm a defender of capitalism, um, but I also believe that we need a lot of government intervention for capitalism. So either like a neoliberal or a social democrat, um, I want one of these terms, depending on what you want to take. So yeah. And then generally, um, I argue for like progressive social issues. So making sure that everybody in society is nice and happy and accounted for. Okay, great. Thank you. And yes, I am reading off something. Okay. I'm, listen, I'm very nervous. Okay. I haven't felt this way for a while. So I'm reading off. Oh, that's something. okay. Okay. If you great. keep talking about how nervous you are, it usually makes you less nervous. So. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> listen. Okay. Listen. Okay. Um, below below Asmongold, we have Sargon Makad. He's a popular YouTuber, sometimes known as a skeptic. He's a member of the UK political party UKIP. You know, did some. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome, Sargon. Mm. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. It's uh, great to meet you. Oh, my pleasure. Would you like to uh, tell us about your political stances? Just an English liberal. I think that the less the state interferes in people's lives, the better. I think that, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I should live in a sovereign country, which is why I'm a member of UKIP. I'm for individual rights. I'm pretty socially liberal. And I'm, I'm quite fiscally liberal as well, to be honest. I think, uh, I, I think capitalism is definitely uh, the, the best alternative of the options available, the best choice of the options available. Pretty much it. Okay, thank you. Next, we have to the right of destiny, Hassan Abi. Um, he's a former Young Turks contributor. I'm still uh, at the Young Turks, bro. What the fuck? Damn. This is a harsh way of telling you you've been fired, man. Live on air. Sorry. Uh, Hassan Abi, he is a Young Turks contributor, a, social, a socialist content creator who has recently started streaming on Twitch. Wait, am I, did you lie, Hassan? Are you a socialist now? That's not, I mean, well, I, I, I mean, say I'm a leftist, but I don't mind if people say socialist. Well, okay. why don't you explain where you are coming from then? Like, what are your political affiliations? Where are you coming from? Yeah. Um, I'm broadly speaking an anti-capitalist. I understand that there are um, uh, certain structural inefficiencies uh, built into capitalism that uh, create a lot of conflict. And I think we need to address those problems, uh, not just at the social level by... Uh, advocating for social change, but slowly but surely through uh, democratic procedures, uh, ultimately uh, give ownership back to the workers. And, you know, that's my perspective. Okay, right. that makes sense. Thank you for being, thanks for being here. It's, uh, it's a pleasure having you on, Hassan. And yeah, thank you. Uh, next, under Destiny and to the right of Sargon, we have Nick Fuentes. Is, did I pronounce, pronounce that correctly, Fuentes? Yes, correct, correct. Awesome, awesome. We have Nick Fuentes. Um, he's a self-described American nationalist. Um, who attended the Charlottesville rally and claims he had to leave Boston University because of subsequent threats, correct? 
Correct. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Would you like to describe some of your political stances or? Sure, sure. Uh, I also do a podcast, America First. That's kind of uh, old news trying to put that behind me. But yeah, to describe my political views, I would call myself a reactionary, a nationalist, a paleoconservative. Um, if we're talking about the size and scope of government, I would probably say I'm basically indifferent to the size of government so long as the will of the people is executed, so long as virtue is upheld. On economics, I would probably say I'm a capitalist, although uh, with major skepticism, with major uh, trepidation, because I think um, things have not really gone so well in the past couple of decades with capitalism. So I am for a significant amount of regulation. So that's about where I'm at. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. So before we start, let me, uh, I know this is weird, but let me grab a Coke. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a little parched. Okay. Give me a second here. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll get this started. We'll get ready for the first topic. We're going to give the first group of people about five minutes or so to give their opening thoughts. And then the other group can give their rebuttal and uh, we'll go from there. We've got a number of topics set up for you guys and uh, we'll get ready for them as soon as uh, train is ready to go. I am. Oh, okay. Give me. Okay. Shoot. I forgot what, listen, I forgot what monitor this is on. Give me a second here. Um, okay. It's on. Never mind. We're good. We're good. Okay. Here we go. Sorry about that, boys. Okay. Um, so, so this first topic, as most of us know, Blair White was supposed to be here with us. But, you know, I got a last second, you know, in the time from two hours cancellation. So the first topic was, you know, we had it in here. I wanted to get her thoughts on it and see what she thought and kind of get everyone involved. Blair White is probably one of the least informed people on trans rights. So it's probably better she's not here. Don't worry. Okay. Well, since. Okay. Well, that gives away the topic then. The first yeah. topic, obviously, we want to <laughs> oh, I go thought over. these were published. I'm sorry. Uh, surprise yeah. Uh, so yeah the first one we want to talk about is the uh trump obviously made a uh, transgender ban to where transgender individuals are not able to serve into the military that becomes effective on i believe april 12th and um there's been a lot of obvious you know pushback on this for a number of different reasons and people stating how much money trans people cost etc and um i think that we probably should start since uh, you know we have the uh this is kind of like their home team here, Destiny and Hassan. Why don't we go ahead and let the uh, the out-of-state team begin? And uh, Nick and Sargon, if you guys want to give your uh, opening thoughts on this subject. Sounds good. Uh, who wants to go first? Sargon, do you want to take the lead on this one? Uh, honestly, I actually don't have any particular feelings on the Trump transgender military ban. I mean, joining the military isn't a right, so... I mean, it's really down to the administration in charge i would say personally i probably wouldn't but i mean i i'm i'm open to hearing arguments from both sides i'm really not invested in this one so i'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think well nick i'm sure is so let's hear what, what do you think nick absolutely that's a little rough little rough sargon you're leaving me out to dry here a bit of a, a centrist that's okay i'm, well, I, I'm I'd say we're not on the same side <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Well, well, I'll I'll try to convince you. I'll try to win you over. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, my feelings on this are basically ambivalent. Also, um, you know, I look at all these people who try to get involved in the military, and I just sort of scratch my head and wonder why. You know, we look at women who want to join the military. We look at transgenders who want to join the military, and I think, why should anybody want to be so gung ho and excited to to do what? To go fight for Israel in the Middle East? To go and uh, do all this other stuff abroad that really has nothing to do with our national interest. I will say, however, that if we look at the 
the end game. What is the mission? What is the purpose of the military? Well, the purpose of the military, well, I guess theoretically, what the purpose of the military ought to be is to defend the interests of the United States of America, foreign and domestic. And I think that if you're looking at how we can fulfill that end, if we're looking at how we can fulfill that directive, we ought to have people that are the best and the most capable to perform those tasks. Um, and I'm sure probably the opposition here understands what my position is going to be on this, but basically I don't recognize the legitimacy of this gender dysphoria, transgender identity. Uh, this is my position as a Catholic. This is my position as a conservative. I look at people who begin to transition either chemically or through surgery or even just superficially changing their dress or something. I look at that as somebody who has some kind of issue with early childhood development, probably somebody who perhaps is suffering from other um, issues mentally. Now, I'm not going to say that everybody who does that is mentally ill. Fortunately, we live in a country and we're on a streaming service where we recognize the rights of everybody. So, I, sure, uh, I guess in this current paradigm, everybody can basically do as they please. But I feel that uh, somebody who decides to embark on that kind of, you know, if you look at the surgery, it's barbaric and ghastly what they do to their own genitals or their own bodies. Uh, if you look at the chemical components, again, it's very rough. Anybody who decides to do that, I don't believe is, is in the frame of mind where they're able to go into a high stress environment. Uh, you look at normal people who go into this high stress environment and they come out with PTSD or other kinds of issues. I just don't think that's the best thing for what we're trying to achieve, whether that is uh, you know, the right thing we're trying to achieve, which is serving our own interest or serving somebody else's interests. So while I am basically ambivalent, you know, uh, I do believe that if we're trying to have a military that has efficacy, that is you know, effective in what it's trying to do. I don't believe that having transgenders involved is really going to advance that cause. I don't think it's really going to facilitate that directive being achieved optimally. Do you, so I'm, I'm basically against it. Do you think that it will actively work against it just for the, you know, to get down your, your position a little bit more? I do. I do believe okay. it'll uh, work against that. All right. Hassan, what do you think? Um, yeah, Wait, can I open, the, I open on this if you don't want to. I, this is my one of my favorite topics. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it up to Destiny in a second. The only thing I was going to say is that uh, unfortunately, the um, uh, the way the military industrial complex is set up, the United States currently treats the the United States military as a jobs program, and uh, the Department of Defense is the largest uh, like single body that hires the most trans people worldwide, and the fact that. Um, Donald Trump on a whim has decided uh, to to ban transgender uh, troops from uh, serving uh, and, and leaving out uh, more than 12,000 uh, active duty uh, service members in the street uh, without a future is kind of disrespectful. Um, but even beyond that, uh, it, it is also not cost effective. It actually costs more money to track down whoever is trans and and and. Um, kick them off service it's uh it costs even if you were to allow all trans members to get gender confirmation surgery it would cost a fraction of what it costs for the military to pay for viagra so uh and and as far as combat readiness goes uh medical professionals happen to disagree with nick but i'm sure given the fact that he already said sneakily that normal is the opposite of trans uh during his conversation that his perspective is a little uh, bigoted <laughs> and maybe a little misguided, too. Isn't, isn't that just definitionally correct, though? I should have said I think normative would have been 
technically definitionally correct as opposed to okay. i think i think normal well, I, would I think we can fragile. we can debate the the definition of normal is normal what's average or is normal what's acceptable i you know it can go either way uh destiny what about you yeah okay so firstly um the, the premise that we have the best and most capable people in our military is already not true it's volunteer military right so basically some people volunteer if they pass whatever requirements we set for them to pass so whatever your uh, requirements are like me at a basic training or whatever uh, background test or whatever, as long as you pass that, you're, you're good to go. So this was already studied by the Department of Defense. Our militaries already had transgender people in the military. There's some, it's anywhere between like 1,000 to 10,000 people um, who are transgender, who are identified as transgender people are in the military and they perform fine. Um, this idea that everyone's going to get PTSD or all these people are going to die in combat, 80% of military roles are non-combat roles. Like a lot of what our military does, like not all these people even deploy, you know, let alone actually see an active combat zone, um, let alone when you are deployed or even deployed into things that are even near combat zones, right? There are plenty of jobs that could be filled um, occupationally in the military that are non-combat roles. Um, I mean, for the other stuff in terms of the, like the other kind of loaded things like the surgeries, barbaric or the chemical parts, or I mean, I don't know, I can only go by what the science says there. And I mean, all of that is approved by the APA and it seems to be effective in helping transgender people, you know, live their lives. So I don't know how that's relative or how that's relevant to any of the military stuff. But um, yeah, I guess for the military stuff, like most roles in the military are non-combat and the effectiveness of transgender people has already been evaluated by the military and they've already been integrated into the military in an effective fashion. I don't know why we would change that with weird executive orders. Could you elaborate a little bit on what you said about the effectiveness of the transgender individuals? And sure. So for instance, so yeah, so in the military, there are tons of non-combat roles, right? These are support roles. These are um, these can be things domestically. There are just tons of these types of roles. Um, transgender people already seem to be able to fill these roles, and they do it in an effective manner. Um, so, for instance, um, one of the things I believe Trump said was that, well, you know, when you get transgender people in the military, they have all this gender dysphoria, and it's ruining their lives, and they need all the support and their help. Um, none of that was ever borne out in any of the research. The military already did, um, you know, a lot of research related to transgender people to see if it was effective to have them in the military, or if they were wasting a lot of money, you know. Helping them transition and all of this stuff. And none of that ever seemed to be substantiated. It seemed like the integration of transgender people into the military was working pretty effectively. Do you concede in any way that transgender individuals per capita would cost the military more than a normal individual or, excuse me, not normal, normative individual? Uh, um, so uh, per capita is kind of a hard way to say that. Like okay. if we were randomly selecting transgender people from society and throwing them into the military, then yeah. But the people that make it into the military are already passing. A, a, there's already a selection happening there. These are people that have made it out of basic training. And these are people who have already been evaluated to be like good members serving in the military. So once they've made it past whatever requirements they have to go through to get into the military, then yeah, then they're fine. Sure. So Nick, do you think that them passing those different uh, qualifications to be into the military grants them the uh, ability to maybe have the government potentially pay more money for them? Or do you think the means outweigh the, uh, or the ends outweigh the means or what? Uh, I don't really care about the fiscal cost. It's actually sort of mm -hmm. interesting. Well, maybe not ironic, but interesting that Hassan Piker would refer to uh, the cost right out of the gate. You know, my my qualm about this was never about fiscal cost. You know, people talk about, especially on my side, things costing a lot of money. The government prints as much money as they need, and so I tend it's to look the, at it from it's a, the most a moral common argument Republicans use when they don't want to seem like they're being bigoted, and it's wow. incorrect. Wow. So I just wanted Hassan, to put it out there. I am an I am first of all I'm an Afro Latino and a civil rights activist. I don't really identify as Republican, and it's it's sort of a shame that you would lump me in with them. It's actually a little bit prejudiced, I think. Well, um, we so just had a left a little versus bit offended right debate, so it's understandable that I would uh, address that perspective. Well, you can but... rationalize your bigotry all you want. Well, I, but, I think uh, that we should we should focus we should focus our discussions and our debates towards the opinions of other people that are on this show. 
rather than the uh, uh, okay, rather than the larger Wait, political party that they may or may not be associated with. Yeah. Can we be serious for a moment? I think Hassan should apologize. There are good people on both sides of that Charlottesville march. Okay. <laughs> yeah. True. No, true? you're right. Apologies well, to all the Nazis. Sorry, boys. Well, Nick, you were actually at the Charlottesville thing, right? Weren't you? Correct. Correct. I was wow. at Charlottesville. You Wait, were, we should we should finish the counter-protester, right? Well, no, no, we should finish the Afro-Latino civil rights thing. No, we're going to. And I just want to have one at a time, please. So obviously, uh, uh, Nick, you you said that you were Catholic. Do you feel like your religious persuasions have any sort of, uh, you know, they educate your decisions or your opinions on transgender individuals at all? And do you think that manifests the way that you feel about them serving in the military? Of course, of course. Okay. From a philosophical perspective, we believe that what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman is something that is greater um, than this sort of ad hoc adjustment that a person could make in the middle of their life. You know, I look at a man who decides to have, again, a barbaric, I will use that, it is a loaded term, a barbaric and ghastly surgery to move things around and snip things and put them inside out and all this other stuff, and they can wear a dress and go on different hormones. But we believe that sex and gender, number one, are the same thing, but number two, are, are greater than these material adjustments that a person can make. And moreover, we find that gender is deeper than the individual. We find that gender does have with it certain responsibilities does have with it certain natures and temperaments. And so I, I basically reject this idea that uh, gender is something that doesn't exist or it's so arbitrary that anybody can serve in the military or it could be changed. You know, I guess it really it really lays bare this fundamental difference and what we believe about what gender is. I think that's why it, it really is a greater debate because and I'll, I'll point out the reason I'm basically indifferent to this issue is because, as uh, Hassan and Destiny have pointed out, you're correct. Uh, the military is this large bureaucratic enterprise. It does act as a big employer. It is volunteer. Most of the roles are non-combat. So having transgender troops in the military, is that the end of the world for our operational capacity? Uh, frankly, I don't think so. I think it is a symbolic issue. And you look at Trump instituting the transgender military ban, of course, this is playing to his base. Of course, this is not something I don't believe that should be the priority of the administration. And you're right, probably the costs are high to adjust it. But it is a, it is a symbolic issue. It's symbolic about what our country is going to be, what the administration says the country is going to be, and personnel, procedural things are a big part of that. So I think that's really the fundamental issue we're trying how, to get uh, at. Wait, how can do I you feel about... Oh, Okay. I'm really curious. Do you think women should be allowed to serve in the military? And I, know I was I, I was actually about to ask the same yeah. question, but with gay people. So was I. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no. So how do you feel about that, Nick? Yeah, no, I think it should just be straight men. That's uh, really that's, should, and there a particular the reason why you don't think women should be able to serve or gay men should not be able to serve. Or yeah, well, feelings. <laughs> sure. Well, we'll start with women, I guess. You know, it's actually kind of funny to me. What kind of world do we want to live in where we're sending our daughters, sisters, mothers into the Middle East to get exploded. Well, you were just talking about symbolism, which is precisely why I have an issue with it because I'm looking at it currently, as I described before, from a perspective of hiring practices. Seems like you just want to go ahead and insert your talking points. You want to hear what I'm going to say here? Because I'm going to lay out an argument. No, I just want to make sure that you don't frame it in the way that you want to frame it. Can I interject here? As we've stated before earlier, only 20 or so percentage of the population of the military even sees any combat. So I do think that it could be, Nick, do you feel like it's disingenuous for you to say that you're sending your wives and daughters 
out to war whenever less than half of them would ever even see any sort of a threat at all. Well, I don't think it's disingenuous. You, before you answer that, sorry to jump okay, in. I, I'm actually not that sorry, familiar no, with okay. U.S. military practice here. Um, do women actually see frontline combat in the U.S. military? They do. That was Greenland yes. very recently. Yeah. Like, of course. So, so you're right. So you're right. Trans it is people, by the way, person. just for the record, trans people see combat as well. Uh, okay, right, thank okay. you for that. The point being is that if women are being sent uh, overseas into these horrible conditions, I think that's actually shameful for a country to do. You know, and, and you say, well, there's these non-combat roles where women can be in. I don't believe women should be in the non-combat roles either. I don't think women, frankly, I don't think they should be in the business of government. I believe that, uh, again, and I, I talked about this with my Catholic values, this is where my position comes from, is informed by the fact that when you have once you acknowledge that gender is distinct and different, once you understand that men and women have biological differences, which are physical, they're mental, temperamental, I mean, there's, there's far-reaching distinctions between the two, you must necessarily then recognize that there are consequences for their function and role in society. We don't simply believe that we are, we're all humans, we're all pink on the inside. The only difference is arbitrary uh, genitalia, reproduction organs. No, we believe that Men and women in their distinctions have different capacities and therefore different functions. So to see women going out and doing all these different things, I think that we should take care of our women. I think that our women should be, frankly, raising the children. They should be taken care of, not in these sorts of positions. So um, I also think it, it has something to do with the dynamic when you have a mixed company in a bureaucratic institution. You know, the military, I believe, should be a boys club. Maybe you can have women and other non-combat jobs in the private sector, or maybe even in the public sector. But I believe that in the military, uh, it is it should function in such a way that you have this brotherhood, you have this element where everybody's on the same page. What tends to happen when women uh, enter into a situation where it's formerly an all-male space is it changes the dynamic. And we witness this all over the place in many different um formerly male-dominated spaces, you know, we know that there is a dynamic that exists between men and women that does not exist between men and men. And this kind of goes along with why we should allow... Do you have any, like, data to back up your point? I don't really know you off, but, like, you keep going on these tangents, and I'm I'm afraid it always feels like it's just your kind of personal perspective and, like, what you want society to look like or what you want the U.S. military to look like. And I would really be... Uh, I do think find yeah, out what your where, that how, is a very good that is a very good question and uh, Chris, yeah. you do bring up Hassan Nick obviously you are bringing up a lot of different assertions right that mm -hmm. women change Certainly. the dynamic of a workplace they change uh, the way that the military would function and whether that's true or not true is you know it depends but do you have anything specifically any empirical data or evidence that shows this or is it just your personal observation? Well, I basically reject the validity of empiricism over a priori kind of uh, rationale, a priori justifications. Okay. So, well, can, so, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. So an a priori justification basically says the thing is true in itself. The thing is true. And we basically know this because it's simply common sense. So I know uh, Destiny and perhaps even Sargon are, are big believers. <laughs> Wait. I just have to interject believers. for one quick second. A priori and common sense are not the even remotely similar okay, to one another. Yeah. Keep oh, going. Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go for that's it. That's great. That's great, Steve. So basically, Steve and I'm sure Sargon and maybe even Hassan believe in this stuff where everything must be determined by a person in a lab coat. Everything must be determined by a study. We have to crunch the numbers. Um, I think we know. I think we know our own nature. I think we know from history. I think we know from tradition what works, what does not work. 
we're all human beings. I think everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. So we could also look at all kinds of other uh, studies. I mean, there's a lot of things that suggest that uh, men and women are biologically distinct. I don't know if you need to study to demonstrate that, but maybe um, you do. Biological distinction aside, um, I was asking about combat readiness or like women uh, serving in the military and whether there are like negative consequences. Your assertion wasn't just that like uh, men and women are different. You also then, uh, you have a fundamentally different perspective than both Destiny and I do in regards to uh, the efficiency of, of uh, women and men co-mingling inside of the, the, the military or even in the public space or even in positions of government, apparently, which I didn't know you held I, that I think position. I think Nick's argument mostly is that the presence of women in these, well, <laughs> sure, well, whatever you we want to We got Ben Shapiro it, right? over here. What, what he's I'm trying saying. to argue, what he's trying to argue is the fact that women do change the dynamic. So even if they're not necessarily affecting their own combat readiness, and even if they don't directly contribute to this, they do it indirectly by being present. Is that correct? Yeah, so... Uh, basically correct. Okay. I think um, this argument, we don't go anywhere here because we have to get a little bit more fundamental, right? Okay. So um, Nick's positions on... Well, hang, military... hang on, Destiny. Before, you, before you... you jump off, I, I actually am interested in okay. Sans answer to that. Um, do you think that women don't change the social dynamic of male-only spaces? I don't think that that change in that social dynamic is actually uh, yielding negative consequences. And if you put up like rape statistics or some shit like that... Um, that is uh, that is not on the fault. That's not the fault of the women who are serving the military, but more so the fault of the lack of regulation or our culture I, I surrounding think the regulations um, the, already. Well, oh, that, that's so. actually a very that's a very good point, Hassan. So you're saying that the the problems that good occur points. are not necessarily the result. And it happens of women in the same themselves. sex as well. It's not necessarily because of the women themselves, but the men that are causing the problems because of the women. Now, Nick, and it's not just you, the men that are causing problems as well. Men are causing well. problems for themselves as well. I'm saying these are like issues this, that this, exist. Look, man, this happens in Warcraft guilds. Like I fully understand how this works. It's it's very basic. And Nick, I I think that the argument that you're going to use and I correct me if I'm wrong, is you're going to use a pragmatic argument and say that even though this is true, you still think they should go with whatever works best. Is that correct? Or uh, where are you on that subject? Is that are addressed to me? Yeah. Yes. That's you, Hazania. Who, me? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not going with the pragmatic argument. I'm arguing that, um, well, well, I'm arguing that you can show me a study that says it doesn't change its operational, whatever, and, and I'll tell you that it's politically motivated. I'll tell you that what we know about gender, what we know about who we are, supersedes that. I mean, these things are necessarily following from these conclusions. And I think it's interesting because you asked Hassan, you said, do you believe, or I think it was uh, Sargon who asked Hassan, do you believe that women change the dynamic? And he jumped right into, um, well, maybe that's the case. However, it shows that it doesn't change our operational readiness. So if you concede that we have these biological distinctions, we have social dynamics to change as a result, it necessarily follows that an all-male military is different from a military with men and women. And just simply look at the dynamic that is caused by introducing women to the military. Can we say, without having to look at some fucking lab coat showing us, well, according to my calculations, can we say that uh, you know the latter military with men and women and you have all these dynamics and relationships is more efficient? than the former, than one which is full of men? I don't think you can. So uh, I, I would I would wonder, I, I want to hear, do you concede that... Do you think the United States military as it well, today is more efficient than the United States military when uh, there were less women enlisted? Because women have always served in some capacity. Different, different time. Dated the war effort in some capacity. But uh, you're, you're talking about efficiency, and yet you have nothing to, nothing to put it up against. 
Well, like, um, so I think beyond this, like uh, this is a silly talking point because I'm using this as uh, I'm using this as an analogy for the world that Nick wants to build versus the world that I think we should exist in, and and we all we both understand this concept. Uh, I, I it, it, he, that's precisely why I think like combat readiness is only as good as a talking point. But what we're talking about simply is like women working and coexisting alongside men as equals or same with trans uh, men and trans women. That's precisely why I'm talking about this. Otherwise, like, I don't care about the military's imperialist mission of going out and like fucking killing brown children uh, so that some Halliburton executive can make money. Yeah, I, I agree. We both hate the we both hate the military's current objectives and what it stands for. Um, you know, I, I think we're on the same page there. But I think that's actually that is the fundamental distinction. You say, well, we don't want to live in the world Nick is building. We want to live in a world where we treat everyone equally. And I'm saying that by the very nature of who we are, we are not equal. We may be equal before the law and we're equal before God. But we are not equal. And if we're not equal, if we have these distinctions, which are qualitative and quantitative, then it necessarily follows people have we have to have a society where difference is allowed, where you have specialization, where you have people living in accordance with their own unequal, different, distinct nature. And so it's actually you who wants to build a world. I want to live in a world where it's conducive. And it works alongside our nature, not going up against it. You want to live in a world where we're going to bend the society, bend our nature to our will. We will force everyone to be equal. Even though equality has never existed in history, empirically, I mean, there's just in no way, shape or form. Is there any evidence you talk about empiricism for equality? But because you think, according to your ideology, that this is the positive good, this is the vision we all must strive for. We are going to force society to its knees to bend it to our will. And I just think that's folly. I think that's uh, I think okay. So wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I got, I got changes, right? Oh, okay, all right, I got to talk about this. Okay, right, yeah, so the problem is that right. right now, okay, this issue will we can't resolve this issue because these are natural extensions of our underlying philosophy, right? So even if we could demonstrate okay. to somebody like Nick, even if we could say, look, women serving in the military makes the military more efficient, Nick is going to say, well, women serving in the military are contrary to kind of like the baser nature of what a woman is, right? Would you agree with that, Nick? That even if women did make the military better, that doesn't necessarily mean you want them there because you don't think that's what their role in society ought to be. Right. Uh, well, I would say that you probably wouldn't be able to be shown legitimately that they improve the military. But yeah, even if you showed me a study that yeah. said something like that, I would say, yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. So, this, so this entire conversation is already kind of talking past the point, right? So now, even if we could demonstrate, so I think it, it has been that there is trouble on integrating women into the military because you know there's sexual harassment, there's rape stuff, stuff that doesn't necessarily happen when there's only men. All that stuff still does still does happen when there are men. Um, what somebody like me or Hassan would argue was that because we're liberals, right, that we would argue that building a society that enables people or empowers people people to make decisions um, rel relative to what they want to do is more important than trying to force everybody into some kind of like naturalistic setting, right? Like, well, women tend to have these features, men tend to have these features, therefore we should relegate them exclusively to those roles in society. Most people, at least in liberal society, are not okay with that. Um, I, like, typically the, the weird thing when you go down that kind of like that naturalistic route where you say, well, we ought to do what we were born to do is we, we end up drawing very arbitrary lines in some places. For instance, I could be wrong, but I don't think anybody in here regularly hunts for their food or grows their own crops, right? You know, we're very small. We have small, weak bodies. We don't exercise as much as we probably should. And the reason we don't is because we have other people in society that take care of that for us, right? We don't necessarily have to follow any hardcore natural distinction in terms of what our bodies are designed to do because we built a society that allows us to explore other options. And 
And all I do is I merely, and I imagine Hassan as well, you just kind of extend that argument to other things as well, right? Is it possible that if this was like a life or death survival scenario, that like a tall man might be better in the military than like a small man? Yeah, sure. But we don't live in life and death scenarios in every single aspect of our lives. So we generally allow people to do things that make them happy. That's usually what we prioritize over what their bodies are intended to do. This is why we give insulin to people with diabetes and we don't let them die in the streets. This is why we have farmers that grow food for people that otherwise couldn't hunt for it. And it's why we enable people to make decisions in society that would otherwise make them happy, even if it's not 100% what they would have been born to do. Are people happy in this society? We have probably the freest, most liberal society in America today. And, and tell me, you look at the suicide rate, you look at the rate at which people are consuming antidepressants. Do you really believe that given total and complete agency, absent tradition, absent the natural law, people are really happier than they were 100 years ago? Because I would probably disagree with that. And maybe people might say that people are less happy because they're forced to conform to certain expectations or Republicans or white supremacy. But I think we all know that the pursuit of happiness ends in misery. The pursuit of satisfaction, of fulfillment, living in accordance with our nature is what affords people that deeper happiness, that deeper satisfaction, that people are acting according to their teleological purpose, people having a purpose. So for example, I would posit that a mother who has five children and took time to raise them and know them and rear them in the way that she wanted to, according to her morals. I imagine that that mother is probably more happy than a 20 year old girl who decides at, at her uh, peak childbearing you know, age, says she's going to get educated and so she's going to get educated and have a career and she's going to go make spreadsheets for okay, some, why did they for fight GE for it or then? something. Do you, do you think that they Let didn't know finish. any better? Yeah, well, I do. I think I think it was oh, complete. Okay. So, so you know better yeah. than they do. Um, it was a, it was a minority argument anyway, quite recently, and yet you don't want to you don't want to admit that women may personally feel, perhaps personally feel that they uh, want to also uh, participate in society in meaningful ways. They're misguided. Also, I, I I don't I don't disagree when you say stuff like uh, we are losing our sense their, of purpose and whatnot. But I think that's a consequence right of alienation. Wait, what? Uh, Nick, you think people should have the right to be misguided because it's not necessarily even if you accept all of these things to be true. I mean, I don't take the laws, laws, the natural orders, Why are you? No, why are you taking up the assert? Like he's just saying that they're misguided. Like, no, I, I understand that. I'm following. He's building on the premise. And yeah, the premise of them being misguided. Do you think that they should be forced, or yeah, basically forced into fulfilling these different gender roles? Before we continue, before we continue this, if someone's on a point, let them finish. If you'd like to rebuttal, please let them finish all the way. And this goes for everybody here, please. Thank you. As we continue. Yeah, um, I, I was asking. Like, obviously, people can do like they can be a mother of five, or they can do spreadsheets. And I think the question here and, uh, you know, what this ties back to with the transgender military ban is the fact that they actually don't have that choice. And do you think that it's fair in a free society to prevent people from doing what they want to do? That's a great question. And um, I, I think and I'm going to answer this question directly. The problem with with this kind of idea is that we at once want a culture where people are encouraged to make the right decisions, but maybe they have a little bit of liberty to maneuver outside that. Okay. And this is a pretty open-ended question because the question is, at what point do you say you have so much liberty that you get a society like we have today? Because I would say, for example, today, I think a lot of people who come at this issue where I come from would say that we have a society that is corrupt, which is misguided, which is to a great extent, there's a lot of evil, there's a lot of misery, which is self-inflicted. And we would say, well, at the one hand, on the one hand, we would like a little bit of liberty. At what point backwards in history can we trace back 
the moment when it led to this inevitable consequence where it's a free for all, everybody's making the wrong choices. So I would probably say you look at maybe like 60 years ago, for example, and although there were not laws against certain things, there was a culture which discouraged people from sort of stepping outside of line. I think that's probably what we have to have, but I don't think you're able to do that without a long tradition of these traditions and um, and, and natural instincts and so forth being put into the legal code. So it's a very okay. tricky issue. What, okay, well, uh, well I, don't, I don't think it's... Yeah, uh, real quick, that, thoughts here Destiny and or Hassan, uh, if you'd like to respond yeah. to that, please go ahead and we'll wrap this up. Hassan, go Destiny. Ahead, Destiny. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I don't necessarily... Up. Yeah, I don't think this is necessarily a tricky issue. It just like... Well, like, unfortunately, like this conversation, we're talking past each other because there are more fundamental things that need to be resolved, right? But like my answer is always going to be that people should be allowed to fail rather than forced to be relegated into some role that society has predetermined is optimal for them. That generally in Western society, um, like, for instance, you talk about like a mother having five kids is happier than a CEO or whatever. That may or may not be true, but we would say a woman should be allowed to choose what she wants to do. So, um, same thing with any man, right? If a man is born and he happens to be a little bit, you know, more powerful than a- another man by the time he goes through puberty for whatever reason, we wouldn't tell that man. And, you know, stop working on computers. You need to go to the mines and work because, you know, you're a stronger man. We generally in liberal society let people make these decisions because that's just the thing we've decided to value. Um, I mean, I guess we can go fundamental and, and try to argue on, on, I guess, more collectivist stuff versus like liberal stuff. But th- that seems to be the, the the case that we've made today. This idea that... Um, this idea that we're, we've been like on this inevitable path towards destruction, you know, solely due to liberalism, I don't know if that's necessarily true, right? You know, you could argue that capitalism, for instance, is the result of a lot of these things. The fact that we prioritize profits and companies over anything related to happiness in society probably encourages a lot of people that aren't happy. Um, the the explosion of technological growth is something that also, you know, has probably gone against a lot of people's happiness, people's obsessive use of like Facebook or other social medias that kind of, you know, fuck with their heads and whatnot. Um, now, maybe in your society, you would argue you that you have the ability to, to legislate against that harder you would do something like make like social media illegal if it was contrary to a society or something but i don't think that most people in, in at least liberal societies today would be okay with that the idea that some essentially like a, a catholic dictator or a theologian would kind of dictate to them you know this is what you ought to do in society you ought not be allowed to engage in this because it's against like the, the natural order or the natural role of what humans ought to do i don't think most people would be very satisfied with that type of society well the trick uh, can really I, is can i ask a, yeah, can I ask yeah. a question please let yeah, so do you think that there is any kind of social responsibility destiny? Um, to, to who and for what? To the civilization that we've inherited, to the future of that civilization. Um, ooh, this is getting real financial. So I would argue that you have some responsibility to um, participate in society in a way that's not detrimental to other people. Um, but I mean, as long as you're not necessarily hurting other people, um, then I think that for the most part, your rights should be respected to, to do what you want. But what, what, what if this actually leads to the end of the society? Is there is there any moral? Um, what do you mean by end of society? Like humans go extinct, or like we lose yeah, a well, war? Well, I mean, or... not humans, but like that society in particular. For I mean, I guess at some point we're going to talk about birth rates. So let's assume that women just decide they're not going to have children. Um, I mean. I think I would be, that's a rough one, but I think I would be more okay with that than saying that like you are going to become the birthers and now you need to have children. Um, I, I mean, it's interesting, like Nick posits this idea that people have these natural roles that they want to fill, but you know, in the World War II era, um, 
you know, it was it was attempted in several countries to incentivize people to have more children. Um, you know, people offered these massive payouts to people with more children. There were penalties mm-hmm. if you didn't have enough, um, and it just doesn't work. Like, if given the well, opportunity, that's not true. To- it does work. In in Denmark, they did uh, just an ad campaign where they just encouraged people. Look, Denmark's birth rates are going down. Have kids, and there was like a five percent spike on in the first year. It does work. It's all about uh, well, what you, I know, I know that this is... persuade people is important. And if you think that your civilization is a good thing, then how is continuing that civilization not also a good thing? How is it not a moral responsibility? Um, well, th- that's a really heavy question on whether or not you have a moral responsibility to supersede an individual person's liberty in order to further the human race by forcing them to I have children. I didn't say it supersedes but, your well, liberty. I, I'm saying it gives you a duty, an obligation. Sure. Also, I'm, I'm uncomfortable on the empirical grounds. I don't know yeah. about the Denmark thing, but I know that in World War II, um, like I know that there were several countries that tried to heavily incentivize people to have children, and it failed. It never worked. Sure, but um, in, they, in they Denmark worked. recently, it did work. So okay, Denmark's I, I think, Denmark's Denmark's uh, birth rates are still below replacement. It's 1.7 yeah, births per I'm woman. Aware. Yeah, I'm aware. Okay, but there there was a there was an increase. So it's it, I think that culturally we could just have a cultural norm that it is the right thing to do how to get married and have children right i mean you could but i mean like you're essentially saying that like culturally we should push people to do things um that that dramatically alter the course of their lives that they might not necessarily choose on their own and i'm really uncomfortable with that with that type of push unless you really unless you can make this anyway um hopefully not to that extent or can you give me an example what do you mean by that well, I mean, culturally, we push people not to use certain naughty words. You know, we, we've got lots of cultural carrots and sticks. Sargon knows all about that one, right? Sure, yeah, but like, exactly. pushing, yeah, I mean, I'm, so, I'm, yeah, I'm going to so, say the N word. Yeah, sure, so I'm talking about in, in terms of like having like dramatic impacts on people's lives. Like, yeah, we push people These not to like have uh, a dramatic impact on your life. Do you think that not using uh, dirty words has the same, the same impact in you as pushing somebody towards having a child? Maybe. Who knows? But the, okay, the if you legitimately is, believe that, then I, I mean, we, I can't. The, the, I, I think that like, we're talking about two different things, right? Listen, I mean, like, right? not letting people say the N word is less substantial than forcing them into having a child. Like, I, I mean, can no, you? No, at least one, agree no on... one is suggesting that anyone can be forced by cultural factors. Okay. But there's, there's definitely, um, there's definitely a cultural push in that direction, and I, I really do think that we are at the point where we have to start considering: is Western civilization worth continuing? Because I mean, we're getting to the point where it, it might not continue unless we actually make those decisions. And the, it is it is essentially, in a way, a kind of an excess of liberty that has done this. Technology has done this to us. It's actually freed us from all of the necessary bonds that we had in previous eras, because most people just weren't free enough to be able to choose a life without a family or without, you know, well, having the various um, various conditions thrust upon them by nature. So would but you now go we're back? Would you would you take back time and and go back to an era where technological developments weren't at the place that it's at and people weren't as economically stable, I guess, um, as no, they are on I average in Western in, in developed Western nations in an effort to like in an effort to ensure that the birth rates are similar? Like, how much do no, you let's, personally, let's... Sargon, care about protecting like the 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 Western race? In a similar fashion to Nick, I just want to understand and distinguish your well, thoughts from his. Okay, so I'm not I'm not yeah, really interested in that. answering that question, Hassan, because it's obviously loaded and pointless. No, no, no. I, I, um, I don't think you agree with Nick. That's why I'm trying to make the yeah. distinction well, here. I, I, I'm not really I, I'm, I'm not really interested in people like that because it's never going to happen, right? But the the thing that we're, we we can talk about, and this isn't a, a racial question. This is a civilizational question. Um, 
I mean, like the you know the idea that American civilization somehow excludes black people is ridiculous. They've been there from virtually day one. So it's <laughs> that's not a good point. You know what? Well, <clears throat> Just because they've been there from day one, I'm pretty sure if you came over as a slave, you probably feel pretty excluded from society. Just the fact that you were there probably doesn't make you feel very excluded. No, they had a place in society. It wasn't a good place, but they okay, were so this is, Okay, oh, sure, but generally oh, when somebody oh, says okay. somebody is inclusive, they don't necessarily mean just a, a place. I never like said if I bring a friend to well, you I said they were included. Inclusive. I thought you said included. My bad. Well, okay. they, they were a part of it. No, but inclusive is a, is a particular ideologically loaded word. Yeah, it, it is. It means agree. something to progressives. They were still a part of that society, and they had a particular role, and it wasn't a good role. And I completely agree, obviously, with the abolition of slavery and Jim Crow and all this sort of nonsense. But the, the, the point is, from the position right now, Western birth rates are actually declining quite rapidly, and it looks like that this could actually be a bad thing in the long run. I mean, so the question is, is our society worth continuing? And then it's like, okay, well, how do we continue the society? Well, we have to make the voluntary choice to have, you know, about at least two or three children each. So is that worth us doing? Is it a good idea? Because if it is a good idea, if we do think that maybe the West actually figured morality out better than the rest of the world, we do have an obligation to keep that going because otherwise we're going to get people who are not believers in Western values, who do not come from Western cultures, who are just simply going to exist longer than we will, and will basically forget about us when we're gone. I'm super curious, where does that obligation to continue society come from? <laughs> our moral judgment that our society is a good society. Where do those moral judgments come from? Because if we're going to make this argument, we got to go real Ourselves. foundational here. We, so, we, our own moral perspectives. So if you, let's say that you have a family, and this family, all, all or I'm sorry, I say family, a, a husband and wife, okay? Hmm. These two people want to be programmers. You think that you have the moral authority to tell them no, you are going to have children because you have to, because we have an obligation to continue Western society. That's or, well, okay, okay. Let me soften that a little. Um, let's say that you think that you have a society full of people that could better allocate themselves into jobs where they would be personally happier. Do you think that you have the moral authority to push so much um, kind of cultural norms to these people that some of them decide to have children instead? I think that we can have people who procreate and work at the same time. Well, yeah, but it seems like given the option to choose to have children, people seem not to if they have the ability not to. That seems to be, I mean, for yeah. all that Nick talks about, like, natural choices, that seems to be naturally what happens. If you look at countries, yeah, as they become more first. That's, well, it's that's absolutely totally artificial. Like that's an outcome of the, uh, of, of the current economic climate? Like, no, I think, no, 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 no. This is like a very well-observed phenomenon. As countries enter first world status, people just yeah. have less children. They don't need to yeah, have as many children. To not except for them. Israel. Except for Israel. Israel's birth rate's going up, but... Never mind that there are Silicon Valley. For one second, we can not focus on fucking Jewish people. I know it's real hard for you, Nick, but let's keep it moving. One at a time, please. Before we get fully into foundational philosophy, I just want to, I really want to understand what you mean when you talk about Western civilization. Can you point to a specific example that does not include other cultures and other civilizations uh, and other technological achievements uh, created in in um, like the Islamic culture, for example, in the golden age of Islam, that that the Western civilization has backed on, that uh, that has uh, built itself upon. I mean, Hassan, I'm it, not it, saying the Western civilization has not been influenced by other civilizations. It's not just influence. I mean, this is how it works. Like we've always had globalism. Like we've always had globalization. We've always, uh, as a consequence, I, I agree. Trade People wars. have always talked to each other and traded what? with one another and fought with one another. I agree. Yeah. Humans I, move. Yes, I agree. 
Okay. We, so when quick, you talk about the preservation let me of Western civilization, to Hassan, hold that thought uh, one second. And, and, and Hassan, you talk about birth rates. What? Uh, let me interject real quick. Uh, on Hassan, please continue. After let's wrap this up and get to the next topic. I think we've really uh, went off on a tangent here. Dude, uh, I've I've been yeah, able to no, finish. Not you. Point. Not you. I'm referring to everyone else. Not just you. You continue. Uh, okay. Finish your point. I know. I know your chat others. likes spamming fucking Pepega and shit when I'm talking. But holy fuck, let me just like get one thing out. I will put it. Um, there you go. Okay. Continue. Bad. All right. Relax, more guys. importantly. More importantly, the thing that I'm trying to understand, look, like, uh, why are we trying to preserve uh, civilization or Western civilization? Or uh, why are we trying to make sure that, like, mankind continues an interesting conversation, I guess? Maybe it's not to me. What I'm specifically trying to understand right now is that um, why we're talking about birth rates without talking about the actual factors that contribute to birth rates declining. Uh, we know that it's technological achievements is one of them. Socioeconomic status is one of them. And we see this with like immigrant cultures that are also coming in or immigrants that are coming into like American society and integrating into American society. And by the third generation, completely adapting and their their birth rates adjusting um, to sure. the the existing uh, like ethnic groups that are already living in America or in yeah. Western civilization in general. This is consistent across time and it's consistent in all of these other countries. So when we okay. talk about like the declining of the birth rates, it's not a matter of like other people are coming in and replacing the original, the original like ethnicity of that country. It's more so that people are actually uh, fucking less, quite frankly, because they have more access to technology and they're wealthier and they get, yeah. um, you know, they get, they use condoms and shit. So sure, what do you want to I mean, do? How do you want to reverse no, no, okay, that if, in, if you want to actually on, reverse hang, that? Hang on, hang on. Right, I, I, don't, I don't really care about the ethnicity. It's not really the question, right? Because what you've identified correctly is that this is a malaise that is going to affect humanity eventually when all, all nations will eventually reach a sort of level of technological expertise and wealth where the, the question of is really, do we have a responsibility to what we've inherited to pass that down to someone, or are we allowed to be selfish enough to be the end point of that? That's a big question. Yeah. Are we going to move on to the next topic? Uh, I, I think that, I mean, unless Destiny yeah, or Hassan has anything to add, like, yep. let's just go ahead and go to the next question. Destiny. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would just that... like, to, the summary of my point, like, um, fuck, Nick said so many dumb things that I didn't get to respond to. <laughs> um, the idea that, like, uh, that, that earlier statement, this is, like, a really common thing about, like, do we really want to send our, our wives and daughters off to die in war? I mean, do we want to send our husbands and sons off to die in war? Like, nobody wants to go die in war. Like, that's a really dumb point, I think. Um, that's not true. I think there are people who absolutely are fine with dying in war. Well, wait. Yeah, in America, they already make those decisions, though, by joining the military. Women are yeah. more delicate. Could you imagine if an intruder broke into your home and you sent your wife down there with a baseball bat or a handgun? I mean, I mean if I was married to, like, Ronda Rousey, she'd have a much better time against them than I would. So, <laughs> I mean, it depends <laughs> on who it God, is. Good God, man. That's Good true. God. I'm, I'm just I'm stating facts here, man. Yeah, I, mean, we're, yeah. I mean, looking at you, I'm not talking shit, but we're both pretty no, fucking small right. people. There's a decent chance that whichever women you and me wind up with would probably be more equipped to defend their houses than we would be, okay? So, yeah, I was going to refer to uh, Ronda Rousey. I know most women and the average women are Ronda Rousey. You know, that the average sense. woman is probably around your same size still, Nick, and probably maybe a little bit bigger. So may, I wouldn't be actually, talking this much shit, okay? okay. Right now, Hassan, I don't think he's going to fly with your audience, my friend. You really want to go there? I don't give a there? fuck about my audience. I think my audience is probably fantasized about other stuff than that. Wow. I don't know, man. I don't know. I look Shank's nephew, but this stuff really doesn't fly with a oh, young good one, Nick. Crowd. Good one, booger Nick. 
Calm down. Before we ran Destiny, into the fucking ad homes. Let's go to the next topic. No, no, wait, because I wanted to just finish. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let Destiny finish. We'll get one rebuttal. We'll yeah. move on. My, my point, real quick, wasn't to body shame Nick because I included myself in that for a reason, right? I'm a pretty small person. I mean, it might be that a, that a woman could defend a house better than me. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, I wouldn't like rel but again, like I would make that decision based on kind of like the individual situation, right? And the way that a liberal would. Now, I wouldn't like hardcore, I wouldn't look to like naturalism or open a Bible passage to tell me who ought to be defending our property. Um, in general, I don't think that I want a society where my decisions are hardcore relegated to me from, from a top-down approach, whether that's a governmental system or a theocratical system or a theocratic system or some other like moral arbiter or, or moral police, I guess, telling me what I ought to do. Um, I think that generally in a liberal society, I want to be allowed to make those decisions. And I think other people should be allowed to make those decisions. Um, I mean, if you want to make... Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I respond to that? Because that's, that's, I, I, honestly, these are really great points. And I, I wish we had more time to, work, to dwell on them. Um, but the, the thing is, society itself is kind of the moral arbiter. There isn't really any independent moral decision-making, really, in society. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're constrained by that whether you like it or not. And, yeah, but we're and, talking about again, how to form that society, right? Yeah, but, it, but again, it really does come down to the sort of, uh, do, should we be able to just end society? Is that sure, a responsible not? thing to do? Well, because... It seems to have been a good thing that we were handed to us. Yeah, but it if society really would have ended before us, then we would have never even been here to have not have had it. So, yeah, I mean, we're all just yeah, I know, that's the thing. They, they they had a responsibility that they fulfilled. Do you have one that you should? And you have. You've got kids, and you see. Yeah, I mean, I have a responsibility to my son, but I don't know if I have a responsibility to like my great 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 grandkids to make sure society still exists. If that means making my own life. Well, miserable. obviously, you won't have that option. That's not something you can do. Well, but that's kind of what you're talking about right now, right? Should we enact policies in society to encourage people to continue? No, I don't know. So I, that... I'm not talking about policies at all because I'm completely with you on the the sort of the big state argument regarding this. Sure. But the question really is about what we as a society do. Like Hassan earlier said, mm -hmm. you know, I think that women should have like a full role in society. It's like Hassan, women is uh, women dominate society and always have done since the dawn of time. I, you know, well, they, they that's another point. I don't, yeah. So it's it's like this this well, dynamic, how much do you this think political? Frame, how much do you think political voice matters? Well, it depends on what you're talking about, doesn't it? But society I mean, is something vote, that happens example, separately. Do you think from that's the an state? important the right to vote or the right to actually earn that's your own society? That's not society. That's that's politics. That's the state itself. You're not talking about society. Society is like you know women taking the kids to a crash or something. You know, um, some kind of you know any clubs or anything like this. Social groups that people live in. Women dominate them. The, I mean, honestly, at this point, it's men who we have to start worrying about actually being engaged in society because men are the ones checking out and just getting minimum wage jobs, drinking beer, playing Xbox and living with each other well into their 30s, like yourself, probably, in fact. Hey. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 you're, you're, you're the one who's not going out and engaging in society, are you? You know, what clubs do you go to? Like, what are you part of a bowling club or something? You know, and even it, it, this is the, this is genuinely a problem. And and usually, yeah, the government was the purview of men because, I mean, hell, honestly, mate, it was a way of getting them to do something because they become wasteful and destructive if they don't. But it's women, it's one women's of participate women's participation in other marginalized communities' participation in society greatly predicated on how much political power they had that gave them access no. to even join these sorts of clubs to begin with. Unless no. you assume that women's role in society is just to be the caretaker. Women. You have to realize that political action in this re respect is, is incredibly important for women, and then they were able to achieve that only recently. So no, obviously we're, we're they not, didn't have that same kind of politics. We're talking about society, social groups. 
things that are outside of the state. Okay, did you not hear the first part of what I just said? Sorry, Women I must have were also it, excluded from participating in certain activities without yeah. political power. They were not able to actually uh, go out and 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 open these environments so that they could also participate in them, including the workforce. So, well, can you give me an example? It's, a, it's unfortunately a slow and and really draining process. But historically, what you're saying is untrue, unless no. you assume that. Uh, women's only participation in society is child rearing and, and taking care of children and saying, no, sitting no, at home. I, I don't, I don't think you understand what I mean when I say society. The 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 collective action of groups of people is society, right? And, and each individual is a, is a member of usually several different groups. It's you know for several different reasons at different points in their lives, and women have always been the driving force of this. You know, because men, as you say, men were the ones who were generally involved in politics, which is something different. Now women are also involved in politics. And frankly, society is declining. You know, the, the actual sort of health of the society. Like, think about like in, uh, was it, World War One or Two, where they went around gi giving out white roses and stuff like this. You know, that's not going to happen now. No one's, no one's going to, there's not going to be any kind of social pressure. All the social pressure was always driven by women. And that's not a bad thing or anything like that. It's actually a very good thing. But um, but these are these are these are aspects of civilization that are kind of falling away now, and the question is, where where was it a good thing that we had them? But uh, I I mean I'm happy to move on to the next. Oh okay. yeah yeah. Well, let's let's, uh, let's, let's let, talk about Donald well, Trump. Well no. How about for, that? <laughs> let's see. Since the uh, since Sargon and Nick started the topic, let's uh, allow oh. Destin Hassan to. Uh, is there anything else? Like oh you're to say? right. Yeah. If you guys yeah. want to have any closing statements, if you have any closing uh, statements, Destin, please go Hassan. ahead and then we'll move to the next topic. Destiny or Hassan? I mean, there's like this is like a whole other bag of worms. I mean, the idea that like society, first of all, even the idea that society is declining is something that has to be justified, right? With respect to what? I mean, technologically, in terms of economy, we're obviously on the on the upswing hugely. In terms of like mental health, uh, mental illness, it seems like we seem to be ticking downward. I mean, like there's a million ways that we can measure progress. Um, the idea that like the idea that women were in control in the past, I guess because they fuck guys or i don't i don't even i'm in sure there's like of wants. well you tell me you're the one saying that like women yeah, I, made I, these I, I don't have a closing let's statement not, let's not get yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. i don't want to do yeah, i don't know there's yes. like there is so much like random shit in there i don't i don't even know what i could possibly address the idea that like society's declining because women are in politics now it just seems to be like a really ridiculous assertion to me but yeah. it's okay um, okay so right. i will in yeah Go i'll go ahead and introduce the next topic um i'm just gonna read it how it's prepared so it can be very clear to you guys and Asmin, if you want to kind of put that in layman's terms or just kind of uh, wrap it up, we can go ahead. The next topic is the, the Mueller report. Um, and this is kind of how it's laid out as I laid it out. The uh, So this, this is the entire question. Okay, here we go. The as of yet not publicly available Mueller report was finally published after a two-year investigation into the possibility that the Trump campaign colluded with the Russian government to rig the election in their favor. Despite an unprecedented, unprecedented level of access to any political campaign, $30 million spent, 500 witnesses interviewed, 19 lawyers retained as a special counsel, 40 dedicated FBI staff anchored to the investigation, and 500 search warrants executed, it found zero evidence of any collusion. There wasn't enough to charge even a low-level volunteer with any form of tampering or improper electoral conduct related to Russia. Given how many news networks have reported inaccurately that Russian collusion had occurred and that the proof of collusion would be forthcoming, does this outcome not validate Trump's claims about media bias against its administration? Well, I think that last time we let uh, Sargon and Nick go first. So Destiny or Hassan, whichever one of you two wants to start that off, go ahead. Let's go. 
Um, you want to go first? Was, um, I, yeah, if you want to go for it. Well, it's a two-part discussion, right? The first mm -hmm. part, obviously, is about Trump and the Mueller report, and the second part is more about how Trump was talking about fake news and the role that fake news had played in the Mueller report and the whole investigation. On I mean, I have my own personal perspective on this, but uh, I think uh, Destiny and I might disagree on it a little bit. I just want to hear his, uh, his side first and let him describe, and then uh, we can talk about it. Yeah, so firstly, um, the Mueller report in itself hasn't been made available to the public yet. I don't remember if the House Committee got it yet or not. I, I don't know where they're at on, on that uh, status, but they're, supposedly they're going through some redactions for the full report to get released to the public, I think, if, as long as McConnell or whatever doesn't stop that from happening. Um, that being said, um, this idea that um, there was no proof of... Well, okay. Oh, fuck, there are a million different ways to go this. The idea that there was like no proof of collusion or any of that, that's not necessarily true. Um, I, I think that what the attorney general's summary, what Barr's summary of the Mueller report was, is that there wasn't enough to like maybe actually press charges. There's like a million different ways that that can be read. We don't 100% know um, until we actually have the report you know, itself. So the idea that you can already say, well, the media was reporting things that was incorrect isn't necessarily true because those things might actually be borne out in the Mueller report. However, maybe Mueller didn't feel like there's enough here to like 100% nail anybody to the wall on conspiracy against the United States. Um, so yeah, the, okay. The only thing that the only thing that we can speculate here uh, is look, Attorney General Barr was uh, appointed to this position specifically because he said that the bar to prove uh, collusion is going to be incredibly high and even beyond that most importantly obstruction of justice even if it's proven does not matter if that bar for collusion uh, can be passed so we already know that obstruction of justice occurred so this is more of a, more so a matter of was there well, how collusion? do we know I mean, that we already know that obstruction know of justice occurred justice because uh, trump went on national television and in front of millions of people on lester holt's uh, channel said i stopped james comey I stopped the investigation because he was searching, uh, because he was looking into the Russia investigation. Now, I myself, unlike uh, some members of the Young Turks uh, who have a different perspective, uh, thought that uh, the Russia collusion narrative was a little self-serving. I talked about it quite frequently here on Twitch. I talked about it in my coverage as well. Uh, originally, I thought it was very sketchy, and I do think that it was a good investigation to conduct, absolutely, given the fact that Russia had conclusively tried to meddle in our elections and beyond that trump had asked russia to on again on national television hack into the dnc which did happen so uh obviously uh that i think is enough for anyone to uh to to set up this sort of investigation i don't think people were actually uh, against it at the time uh what happened however is that they focused too much on the collusion aspect of it and the reason why they focus too much on the collusion aspect of it, I think, especially on the liberal side, is because they wanted to justify why uh, the, the hive mother Hillary Clinton lost to a demented dipshit manchild like Donald Trump. So they continuously push this narrative and they, in some respects, similar to the fucking QAnon uh, crowd on the right, lost their minds and started attributing everything, including even people like myself who are further to the left than the average Democrat uh, as, uh, you know, Kremlin agents who were causing uh, problems. The real issues in America are, are deeply ingrained in American body politic. So like when Russia can, can easily, by spending what, a million dollars in ad spend, change the outcome of a fucking election, then maybe we have to stop that conversation on whether or not Hillary Clinton lost because Russia was helping Donald Trump or uh, and, and take a good hard look at how American politics is conducted and what our problems are as far as white supremacy, racism, as far as economic inequality, uh, and, and all of these things that Russia could easily 
Russia could easily trigger like some sort of outrage over with a couple dollars spent in the right direction on the internet, which I don't even know if this is legal or not. Yeah, can I can I clarify one thing? Is that you did say that Donald Trump was involved in obstruction of justice? Was he ever charged on that, or is that your evaluation? My evaluation, but beyond that, um, we don't. My evaluation now. On top of that, however, um, the reason why we know for a fact that um, there was nothing like no, um, like Attorney General Barr did not indict anyone on the on the report is because the bar was set incredibly high and it didn't matter if there was obstruction of justice or not. Well, and to be clear, I think Barr said that Barr's very narrow interpretation that I don't think most legal scholars agree with is that obstruction of justice can't occur if the crime itself didn't occur. So, for instance, what Barr is saying is that if collusion or more specifically, if conspiracy against the United States can't be proved, then there's no way he could have obstructed justice against it, which a lot of people take issue with that. Which is in, in my personal perspective on this beyond everything else that we've talked about and beyond like other people's coverage and like liberals coverage is that. Um, 100% we should continuously push for transparency, see the entire report. Uh, but I think every single person who is even remotely sane understands that Donald Trump is not only a most likely a criminal, but also a really bad one at that and constantly fucking stumbles and, and, and fuck shit up. And the fact that they just like uh, narrowly focused and, and, and tried to cover their own asses, both the media apparatus and also the DNC tried to cover their own asses by promoting this message that like only we should be looking at like uh, Russian involvement in the election was really counterproductive. And that's probably why we fell. Um, that's probably why the Democrats at least um, looked terrible. And both of you do agree that the Mueller report should be released to the public in its entirety, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I heard one with that. I don't know. Really? Okay. Um, my worry I'm, is that, like, um, my worry is that what's going to happen, I'm just looking at it from an optics, pragmatic point of view, okay. is that there are a lot of Democrats that are very fucking desperate to pin the Russia shit on Trump. <laughs> and if the report ends up getting released, they're going to find like one or two lines in there and they're going to make it all about that. And they're going to throw the 2020 election away because they obsess over a couple of things in the Mueller report that they probably should let go. I, I mean, like, overall, I, I, it should probably be released. I just hope that Democrats don't go full fucking moron with it or whatever. Pragmatic argument, basically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Sargon, you're not in the U.S. From an outsider perspective, where are you coming from? Uh, I actually, uh, I actually think Hassan gave a lucid account of the problems in the Democratic Party. I mean, Trump didn't need Russia to be able to win the election. That's just the be all and end all of it. There are there are deep societal issues and and governmental issues in the United States that just haven't been addressed for a long time. And I think that. Um, I think the way that the media effectively drives the discourse in America is part of that problem. And I think that it took a giant orange dick to be able to break through that. And, uh, and that's what's happened. The, what was the other thing? Like? The, um, the, the interesting thing, I've, so I've spoken to people who uh, were in the White House with Donald Trump, and I, I read the uh, book Fire and Fury, and the conclusion that I've come away from with that is that they simply are not going to be competent enough to have colluded with Russia. I think this requires a level of expertise that the Trump campaign, frankly, wasn't in possession of. Okay. I agree. If, yeah, right. If Wait, you was... can agree, but you're both wrong on that. Manafort literally has conspired with foreign agents in the past. That's literally well, what he was indicted and charged with. How can you agree with that? <laughs> no, I'm talking so, about. No, no, wait. I'm talking no, no, about. It was, it was Donald Trump's campaign manager while he ran for president, sure. so it would have been involved but, with him, right? Well, he okay. had okay. That's precisely yeah, why had... I think that the Russia yeah. investigation was worthwhile because well, I, Paul Manafort had worked with other Russian oligarchs, which I reported on back in fucking August 2016. 
Like this was. Sure, I'm just saying it's possible that somebody around Trump could have gotten him to do it. I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not saying it's impossible. My, I yeah. don't think it was something they were really capable of and keeping secret. Then maybe I should say. Um, and I think that the. I think. I mean, it's a total waste of time. It's it's a red herring because I mean Trump's base doesn't care. You know, the 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 two and a half year investigation has come to an end. No further indictments. No further investigation. Okay. It's it's a dead issue, and I think the the left is absolutely foolish for pursuing it. But you got idiots like Rachel Maddow who's going to double down and destroy themselves trying to pin something on Trump that, like you say, Destiny so, is. So you actually worthless. agree with Destiny on this? Oh, yeah, I think their okay. their analysis is generally quite correct. Um, I think they're right on what they're saying. I think there's it's it's not really something that's worth pursuing. I, I like that my experience. perspective changed after the report came out, where I originally was like, oh, we shouldn't pursue this. But I think as a political as a political move, we absolutely should. The Democrats should absolutely fucking continue to push this. Not the narrative that like there's collusion, but the narrative that crimes had been committed. We know the campaign finance mm-hmm. violations that were pretty flagrant. We need to investigate those. I think that uh, the the uh, the fact that we would just like throw out this two year long investigation after the Republicans openly admitted that well, they hang, utilized hang, hang and weaponized second, the Benghazi hang, investigation. Well, well, yeah, hang, hang on a second. Yeah. Let me leave. finish my point. Even none of you know American politics as well as I do, unfortunately. Before we get to the rebuttals, can we please hear Nick's yeah, uh, let's perspective? Yes. Benghazi was weaponized. Okay, okay, okay. As well. All right, Nick, go ahead. Sargon, go ahead and finish. Yes, Sargon, go ahead and finish and give it to Nick directly. Just finish your point. Basically, I think it was essentially a red herring along, and it's if the Democrats don't let it go, they're going to destroy themselves on it. But yeah, carry on. Okay, go oh, ahead. Good. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, look at the size and the scope of the Mueller investigation. Uh, I think train wrecks read it off from the beginning. It was two years, millions of dollars. The exact figures disputed, and actually. And nobody has pointed out. Actually, uh, everybody has failed to mention the fact that there were indictments delivered in the course of the investigation, many indictments, indictments against Russians, indictments against Americans. And we find that the indictments against all uh, the Russians... Man, sorry, 13, sorry to jump in. I don't think... Uh, oh, can I just get a point out? You can get <laughs> it sorry, out. Can I, can I just I, finish? I think that was an inaccuracy, that's all. What is an inaccuracy? I, w- were there any Americans indicted? Yes, yes. yes. Six people, I think. Yes, yes many yes, were indicted. Except, however, the Russians were indicted separately. From everybody else, they were indicted for trying to meddle in the election. That's something Destiny and Hassan got right, that the Russians did attempt to meddle. It wasn't tied directly to the Russian state, but they did find Russians who were buying Facebook ads. I believe it was two companies and 13 individuals. And they also found that yeah, it was something like six American individuals, people like Manafort, Papadopoulos, a number of others, uh, were indicted as part of the investigation. Every single indictment that was brought down, even against low-level people, all the indictments had nothing to do with collusion. It was either lying to the FBI, which is something that everybody knows. If there's an inconsistency, if you don't place something exactly right, they can get you with that. So it's it's not difficult for somebody to get you for lying to the FBI. Or in the case of Manafort, what they did— in the case of Manafort, what they did is they dug up financial crimes from 2013. And if you know the story on that, what happened was was he had done some kind of weird, shady business deal with the Ukrainians. This was back many years ago, like five or six years ago. Uh, you had people looking into that in the government, looking into that financial crime. This is well before Trump even announced or anything like that. They shelved it. And then when the Mueller investigation happened, they came back to those previous financial crimes, and that's how he got charged. So to me, and and somebody said this earlier, 
Trump's base doesn't even care. That's totally correct. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about foreign meddling in elections and really the hill we're going to die on is like Russian Facebook ads or like a phone call in Trump Tower from the Russians. Has anybody heard of APAC? Has anybody heard of you know anything other countries are doing, Qatar, Saudi Arabia? I mean, everybody meddles in our elections. So I'll say that. But if we are going to talk about specifically the Mueller investigation, uh, you know, I just don't think you can look at the size, the scope, the indictments, the media pressure, everything that was going on, all the access that was given and come away with that and say, Oh, uh, they, they just didn't find it. They just didn't have enough time. I mean, Mueller had all the time in the world, and they were covering that every night on MSNBC and CNN talking about Sergei Kizilyak and Jeff Sessions, even though Sessions was the uh, chief of the foreign mm. policy subcommittee in the Senate. So I just think it's totally ridiculous. But even if it did happen, wouldn't care. Frankly, I don't think it was uh, I don't think it was that big of a deal, even if it happened. Well, how do you think the media's role in the uh, reporting of this Mueller investigation affected them in any way or affected Trump's presidency or potentially his reelection? Uh, it was obviously biased. And this is something that was talked about even before 2018. I just don't think it was fair. The fact that the media every night and you look at media control, what is it? 95 percent of media is controlled by six conglomerates. So you're going up against one man against like 95% of legacy media, which is print, television, and radio, and just about all of them, with the exception of Fox News and Rush Limbaugh, are beating the same old drums about Almost these meetings. Almost all radio leans very right. That's not true. Ra- oh, radio, yeah. media? radio is really a contemporary medium. Exactly. You're the one that brought it up. You brought it up. <laughs> the, the point was to demonstrate that you have a big, uh, a big scope here when we're talking about all these different media companies. So all of television, a lot of radio. Sure, you're right. Uh, you've got Rush Limbaugh. You've got a few others over there. You've got Rush Limbaugh, um, Glenn Beck, Michael yeah. Savage, Billy Cunningham, uh, Sean right. Hannity. You're right. I Rush mean, we, Limbaugh. Jesse. Right. Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity are equivalent to ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC. Well, hold on. You're right. I wouldn't make an equivalency between a radio. Those are the largest radio hosts in America. They're not the same as the cable news. If you want to talk about cable news, the largest media network in the United States is Fox News, which is conservative. So, I mean, if you want to talk about media on on TV, you're right. right. All the networks. And that's that's only cable news also, by the way. But you're also talking (laughs) about. We can run the goalposts as much as you want. I'm just making sure you get the facts right. No, 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 no. Because you said Fox News is the biggest one. Yeah, they're the biggest cable news network. But you're not counting all of the others combined and you're also not counting social media you're not counting twitter and facebook and youtube where they're actively oh do you want to go on youtube and see who the largest political commentators are because that's overwhelmingly right-leaning as well this narrative that conservative yeah really who uh, what do you mean? St- fucking, we've got Sargon of Akkad here. You've got Steven Crowder. You've got that Mark Dice guy. Those I mean, what do you mean? There's the tons. Those are not the biggest. The Young Turks, I'm pretty sure, is the biggest political yeah, That is the one largest the... one, sure. But now, but earlier when I used to... <laughs> It's just the largest no, one. No, what I, are you I, talking about? Wait, hold on. When I just said that for Fox News, when I just said that for Fox News, you want to talk about the totality of all the cable news. Yeah, but sure, that's yeah, yeah, so when you're talking about YouTube, now you're going to point to the one Young Turks network, but if I talk about the totality of conservative YouTube creators, now that's not a good argument. Yes, you do have to look at the whole picture. Hey guys, can I just jump has here the Yeah, Hassan, Hassan, deliver, go, uh, deliver uh, some information here. I, I just want to clarify my position. I think the the Russia investigation is largely uh, frivolous, but I think the government conducts a lot of frivolous investigations and then weaponizes it politically. And I think if anyone would disagree with me on this perspective, either they weren't around during the uh, election coverage, uh, like you know, a couple years back where they consistently talked about Benghazi and Hillary Clinton's emails as a consequence of the Benghazi investigation. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because Kevin McCarthy, the Senate majority, uh, Senate House majority leader, openly admitted that they used 
the Benghazi investigation, which took a longer time than the JFK, uh, the JFK assassination and Watergate investigation combined, which took a longer time than the 9-11 investigation. They used that to weaponize it against Hillary Clinton, who already sucked, mind you, but they effectively used that and consistently talked about it, and they still do. I mean, Sean Hannity still fucking brings up uh, uh, Benghazi every now and then. Yeah, Benghazi Donald Trump brings it up. So for you to say, for you to sit here and be like, oh, they spent all this money, when you and I both know that they took back way more money, uh, they were able to seize more assets from Paul Manafort that would pay for the investigation and 10 times over, uh, uh, is, is really silly. I thought you didn't care about that sort of stuff as long as it fit your narrative, right? Yeah, obviously you lack understanding. I didn't say that to say that uh, it was it was such a high cost. I said it in order to demonstrate the scope and scale of the investigation. Yeah, in other well, words, there was no shortage. Scope and scale in other of the words, investigation me, was nothing in other words, there was no shortage of resources. That was the intention. Not to say that I'm so mad that the government is spending money. The government spends money every day that we don't even know about. The point is to say that they had every resource at their disposal and they were not able to come up with enough evidence to indict anybody, not even yeah, the president, it's, anybody. It's I'm saying that collusion. politically. What? Uh, just uh, just can I can I address Destiny's point about the YouTube right wing bias? Uh, that's not yeah. true, Destiny. That we've got the numbers. Um, the right gets two point five billion viewed recommendations a month. The center gets two point five billion, and the left gets five point seven billion. It's heavily skewed. How do you account billion? For well, how, yeah, how do you account recommend, for that viewed recommendations? Yeah, YouTube's huge. Wait, viewed um, I've recommendations. Left, I, I've left a link in the description in the chat okay. for you to have a look at afterwards. Well, how do you account for the difference? Wait, between you the consider two? Jimmy Kimmel live as left? The oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. It's like Jimmy Kimmel live is a part of the left in this. I mean, it's okay, here the, here you think just these are the Democrat of people of people that aren't like mainstream media, so like John Oliver or whatever, of just people that are like YouTube personalities. Here's the top ten list that I have for views in the last thirty days in millions of people. Okay, you have one and two are the Young Turks and Philip DeFranco. If you want to consider Philip DeFranco, yeah. you, I guess you could call him left. He's more centrist. Then after that, you've got Steven Crowder, Prager U, Infowars, Daily Wire, Mark Dice. Infowars. Yeah, Secular Talk. Which is InfoWars have been banned. Secular talk is left. Secular talk is secular yeah. talk. Oh is yeah, left. yeah. Secular talk is left. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. and yeah. then Paul Joseph Watson banned from YouTube. When it, when was this data compiled? Um, this was compiled. This is what I have. Is ten months old. Okay. And anyway, InfoWars you is no say without with John sure, Oliver. Sure, InfoWars might not be with us any longer. Sure. You say without John Oliver, how can you exclude John Oliver? I said yeah. Jimmy because Kimmel. I was laughing. Well, I don't know if it's like the no. same. I don't oh, know if it's he, the same as having like a mainstream like media like, network show like on YouTube. No, it's completely different. He's comparing people that are originated and their content exists on YouTube primarily. John Oliver's content does not exist on YouTube primarily, and so he would be considered another component. Now, it doesn't mean that he. He doesn't count it just means that he counts in a different way yeah i understand that i understand that i understand the point being made but only okay. if you're looking at a very very narrow definition for example if you say if we look at cable news correct the yes. biggest primetime shows are on fox news but if you're looking at all of news and people watch not just cable news and you add them all up it's obviously greater than Fox News. And the same is true with YouTube. If you exclude Jimmy Kimmel, who talks about his son and why we need Obamacare and the individual mandate on a show. Yeah, if you exclude Jimmy Kimmel and John Oliver and all the other big ones on YouTube and you look at the top 10, yeah, the top two are left and a few in the top five are left. But look at all these. I mean, 
only under very narrow definitions, qualifying it totally arbitrarily. Can you in any way, shape, or form say that there's a quality or a conservative it's, advantage in media? Please, what planet are really we fair. living let's say, on? Let's say, for instance, all of Twitch was like right-leaning, okay? Let's say for like a hypothetical. Let's say all of Twitch is right-leaning. And then let's say that like um, for, for uh, you know, every now and then Obama comes on and, and gives like some, he's working for some charity thing and they do like a political thing on, on Twitch. And that's like the only time or the only thing related to that. He's not like a Twitch streamer or whatever. And in those times, let's say they get more views than anybody else on twitch i don't know if you would then say well twitch has a fair representation of left versus right because sometimes obama goes on to do it that just doesn't seem to be i mean i guess we can argue over methodology i don't think it's organic you're, you're obfuscating yeah, you understand i'm not obfuscating well it's trying happened. to get a better understanding of are. you know this is always what no. you obfuscate oh you say God. you come up with these totally convoluted hypotheticals everybody knows the media is left-leaning and by the way john oliver does not come on youtube once in a while like barack obama <laughs> john oliver posts every show on youtube and everyone knows that and everyone yeah, knows but John Oliver's fan base didn't come from YouTube. He's not part of the YouTube community. Nobody would call John Oliver a YouTuber. Here's, right? He's got a show on HBO. These, these trivial little details. We're oh, talking I, about I'm media. Sorry the, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You exactly. call it a trivial yeah. little detail. I, mean, I can no longer obfuscate. open the conversation saying that talk radio is fucking left-leaning. And now you're saying that I'm the one obfuscating the data? I didn't say talk radio is left-leaning. I'm pretty sure you brought that up in part of your. I said I said 95 percent no, of media is owned that, by no. six conglomerates, of which what? we're talking oh, okay. about legacy so media. You said, yeah, that's you said destiny. running down them goalposts. No, you can so rewind the tape. No, it's not no, shifting no, no, the goalposts. No. Well, I, I remember what was said. Earlier. Destiny said that obviously a lot of the right wing, uh, you know, a lot of the shows on radio are right wing, and then Nick responded by saying radio isn't relevant. Correct. That's what happened. Radio is radio is still tremendously relevant, especially. And when I only brought up radio because he said block it. That's I'm just that's what they, that's what you guys said. Yeah, but he brought yeah, up radio beforehand. That's why I brought it up. I wouldn't bring it up yeah. anymore. It's well, singular broadcasting is another one. I mean, look, look, right wing, right wing uh, uh, commentary is prevalent on on YouTube and all these other no, platforms, not. unless no, they. <coughs> okay. Um, it's it's I mean, outnumbered by almost uh, by almost two to one for the left wing. It's okay. just not. That's have, just not correct. Uh, I, I would love to. I would love to engage with this study a little bit further and get back to you. But like immediately, the first thing I see is Jimmy Kimmel Live when I scroll my mouse over it, yeah. and that is a little suspicious to me because wow. Jimmy Kimmel Live had like one segment where he talked about uh, his daughter's uh, cancer, and it's literally the largest. It's after the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. It's the largest uh, bubble on there, uh, and the sure. fact that you would use like clips such as. Hey, Jimmy Kimmel goes out and like talks to children on the street as a as a how how powerful leftist media is on the internet is it kind of it just kind of makes the study seem I think it's disingenuous, isn't it? It's it's disingenuous for for you to say I believe that Jimmy Kimmel only referenced something political once. I think he does bring that up. Similar. Okay, Jimmy Kimmel talking about politics and and uh, being compared, being put up against like no bullshit, for example, which is a political <laughs> YouTuber in the same study is absolute madness. If you look at the top oh. few Jimmy Kimmel clips, the first three are going to be political, and then the overwhelming majority are just going to be commentary or mostly comedy. It's crazy to me Would that it you guys. Matter? if they were equally persuasive study. well like so yeah no, so like no, here's I'm here's not, like a problem so like 
well, so real quick, right? So like I see people listed on here like Philip DeFranco, okay? Philip DeFranco is somebody that I would consider political. I'm pretty sure, fuck, I haven't done this, but I'm pretty sure if I go to Philip DeFranco's channel and I, and I sort by top, all of his most popular shit is going to be political. Jimmy Kimmel's channel, the most popular clips are Jimmy surprises Bieber fan, celebrities read mean tweets, number seven, number two, I told my kids I ate all their Halloween candy. Like these are the views yep, that are being counted as like left-wing political YouTube. Like well, I hold on, that's a, that's a valuable lesson in social like, I feel like that's to come from a politically left-wing position. Yeah, I yeah but like, like if I were to compare his oh, things to somebody like Mark so Dice, dumb. right? If I were to go to Mark Dice's channel, that's going to be all political videos. Why it's would it matter if it was equally, uh, it was equally persuasive? Because you can't use it, you can't use it to, to out, you can't use it to boost your numbers. You can't just like drop random shit in there just because like they every now and then talk about political subjects, but for the most part are like comedians, you know what I mean? Well, uh, I, yeah, I, like John Oliver. Like Stephen well, Colbert is a comedian. Would you, but, okay, oh, let me oh. just just answer this for me. Do like you think like did. Fox News and 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 um, I mean maybe not even Joe Rogan, but like Norm Macdonald and Fox News is not an app comparison. Norm Macdonald is a conservative, but I would not never consider like a Norm Macdonald YouTube channel to be like, hey, this is actually a right wing uh, political uh, podcast. Because actually, I'm, I'm actually, no, I'm actually going to take a hard disagree with Hassan here. You know what? You guys are absolutely right. Now my question is, why isn't PewDiePie listed on the site under the right? Uh, <laughs> well, because he's never, <laughs> never mind. You're right, Destiny. Well, has, you are correct. No, well, yeah. let me ask, let yeah. me ask PewDiePie, a different question. PewDiePie, after all, PewDiePie platform, Ben Shapiro. Is Ben Shapiro not a right-wing political yep, commentator? That's why is he, he not listed on the site as a right-wing commentator? For meme review? What do you mean? Oh, oh wait, are you, are you telling me that Stephen Colbert... Jimmy Kimmel eating candy is actually political commentary, but fucking meme reviews with Ben Shapiro is not? Tell me, what's PewDiePie's position on Obamacare? Do you know what that is? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's obviously... Well, well, because we don't know what his position is because he doesn't talk about oh, explicit so you politics. Know what you probably don't on, even watch it uh, because Jimmy Kimmel openly talks about it. Every show is an anti-Trump tirade, oh, and you know Nick, that... You can't be this stupid, Obama, right? You can't be this stupid, okay, right? Can, can, can I ask PewDiePie okay, talks about, PewDiePie talks about culture war oh. quite frequently. Why is no bullshit yeah. and Sargon of God mentioned in this if they don't really talk about policy that frequently, but mostly talk about social commentary okay, and the culture war just, then? One at a time, please, one at a time. Let's go Sargon. Sargon, go ahead. kind of irrelevant because you're right. These people do have political biases that come across in their media, even if that particular piece of media that you point to isn't necessarily a political piece. These things are political. I agree. PewDiePie probably should be on the right wing side. No, I still think it's silly. Like, that's my <laughs> but, point. It's yeah, silly okay, to wait. put Jimmy Kimmel and then not put PewDiePie. If you're not going to put PewDiePie in there, you shouldn't be putting Jimmy Kimmel in there. My point isn't like Jimmy to look Kimmel at the study. is very My political. point is to not look at the study at all because I have no idea what the fuck the study is. And beyond that, it doesn't but seem like a like, a, like a reasonable study. I think the more interesting question is why do you guys have a problem with accepting left wing media dominance? Because the, because conservatives that? usually use this to push this narrative that like oh no we have no voice anywhere when it's just not true there's plenty of voices in conservative media on YouTube <laughs> on radio even on print arguably and then um, and then on cable news Fox News is still the largest cable yeah. network in the United States like this idea that conservatives have no voice anywhere while they control both halves of Congress while they have the president like it's just really strange I don't know well, wait, can we look at, can we like look at majority... Fox News for a moment okay. I think that's actually an interesting yeah, go, go ahead, point then. there because you look at the primetime show on Fox News, which is Tucker Carlson, the highest rated one. And have you been watching the show lately? I probably not. But if you look at the advertisements, they can only now advertise 
what is it? Fox News' own commercials, my pillow, and a Trump pack. Yeah, so people we usually like to be associated with white nationalists. One at a time, uh, please. Goldman Sachs one at a time. doesn't celebrate gay pride. Well, you, you think it's Goldman Sachs? Hang on. Oh, like, shit. Please, one at a time. Yo, please, one at a time. Nick, why are we all talking at the same time? Are not left wing? Let's at least let at least let Nick finish. Guys, Nick finishes, then Destiny or Hassan can rebuttal, okay? Nick, please finish. Look, it, everybody, everybody knows this. And this is what I mean by obfuscation. You're going to say that because Tucker Carlson and Fox News have a big presence, they have a big network, that this outweighs, if we're, if we're looking at the scale here, that this outweighs, again, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, all the networks. And then you factor in the corporations. Then you factor in the fact that somebody at Media Matters doesn't like what Tucker Carlson says, and you've got an advertiser boycott. Can you repeat now, does what that happen? Excuse me, does that happen on any other channel? Have we Can ever heard of that? He when you had a contributor, I of course, of course, I watch your show. When you have a contributor, for example, on uh, Joy no, Reid. No, no. why, why do you think advertisers Reed, Hey, out? can I finish my point, or are you going to get a rebuttal, or how does I'm this supposed to I'm just confused. I want to, I want you to elaborate. It doesn't matter what Tuckle Carlson said. It, well, the point being, it's not, you say he why, has why a voice. You say he has a voice, but he says the wrong thing, and all these corporations bend to the will of media matters. Now, Joy Reid can say, like, homosexuals or abominations and all this other stuff, and that gets revealed. There's not a boycott. There's not an outcry. She doesn't even get fired from her job. So you, you go around Carlson trying to pretend like there's job? any kind of parody. It's it's just I don't even like Joanne Reed. I don't that. know why you're bringing up Joanne Reed. I don't give a Tucker shit. Carlson, what listen, listen, guys, please, please, give me a second. Guys, please give me a second here, okay? Listen. You will have time to rebuttal. If you have an issue with a certain thing, write it down. Let Nick finish all the way, and then you respond. And the same goes to you guys. Let Hassan and Destiny finish all the way, and then give your rebuttals. Please keep it. This okay. The way. only times I try to the only times I try to interrupt is because I genuinely want to understand Nick's perspective, or if he's saying something that I I, I just I'm not very. There's nothing genuine about you. There's so nothing genuine about your questions or anything about you. No, I, I don't yeah, know if that I, was entirely true, but can Destiny and Hassan, can you guys, do you guys agree with uh, Sargon that the majority of the mainstream media, right, the MSNs, CNNs, MSNBCs, Foxes, the majority is left-leaning? No. I, oh, I mean, like, I, 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 you know, I probably would, but that's really fucking hard because, like, I mean, okay. based on my engagement with the media, it seems to be that way. But, for instance, if you go to, like, certain parts of the country, if you, like, you know, Nick is here to laugh off talk radio. I'm pretty sure talk radio actually reaches, like, more customers than even fucking Facebook does. Um, a lot of people listen to talk radio. A um, billion and a half people talk radio reaches? Please let Destiny finish. Wait, I'm talking about in the United uh, States. Unless our population grew fivefold, I, I don't think we have yeah, a billion and a half Yeah, I was referring to the United States when I said a billion and a half. You, you didn't understand. Well, wait, then point, why are you right? talking you're about being, the global uh, Facebook totally monthly users if you're talking about the popularity of left or right media? Oh, because you're, you're saying that Facebook uh, reaches as many people as talk radio. This is obviously ridiculous. When I say you as know. many people, I'm I'm referring to politics within the United States. Mm -hmm. The talk radio is still a really popular way to advertise things. Yeah. How many people uh, have a Facebook account? In, the, in just the United States? Are you going to say Facebook sure. has a left wing? Oh, left oh wing I, can't, I can't believe I just got sidetracked so fucking hard. Slippery Nick, doing it again. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember what the fuck my original point was. Anyway, um, yeah. there are You really some... shouldn't get started with the names. There are going to be some ugly ones with you, my friend. <laughs> so I've heard it all, buddy. Don't worry. Um, this idea that we somehow like segued also um, from like, is media popular to are people restricting advertisements to certain people? I don't. That's like the most non-sequitur thing I've heard in my entire life. If you want to argue about like, are right-leaning views more popular to advertisers than left-leaning views? Of course 
course, I'm going to agree that left-leaning views are more popular. Tucker Carlson almost fucking took a hard right into white nationalism. Yeah, no fucking shit. A lot of people aren't going to be platforming his shit or supporting his shit via advertisers as much. But that's a totally different argument on do conservatives have a voice in the United States? Is there representation in the media for conservatives? Which I believe there is. Now, is the media, you know, like slanted to the left in terms of their bias? Uh, maybe it's possible. You know, my engagement with media is generally on the internet, which is going to be more left-leaning than, say, somebody's engagement who's only on, like, talk radio or local news, right, which is going to slant right. So, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to quantify which one is, you know, more left or more right in terms of all the media. And I don't think you can do it with a study that lists Jimmy Kimmel as a left-wing political commentator on YouTube. <laughs> Nick or Sargon, yeah. any responses to that? that I mean, it's just um, it's just utterly ridiculous. If you're going to deny this, this basic reality, there was, a, there was a study that was done by the Media Research Center a couple of months ago, which said that it was like 92% of coverage was against Trump. And it's I don't so think strange that it shouldn't, even even it shouldn't sorry, be sorry. Guys, with the interruptions, right? It, it just look, we can disagree about um, obviously the Mueller report and we can disagree about whether the coverage was accurate or not. But to me, if we can't even agree, if it's so such a controversial thing to say, the media has a left wing bias that culture making institutions generally in America or, you know, just major conglomerates in America. I mean, if we're going to pretend like that institutional bias doesn't exist, I mean, I don't even know how we're supposed to have a conversation. It feels like you're living in another world. I mean, especially given what I do for a living, you know how hard it is to make a living trying to just say common sense, right wing things without them coming for your Discord, your Streamlabs, your YouTube, your Facebook, your Twitter. What did they just pass the other week on Facebook? I mean, it's just, I really do feel like we're living in two different dimensions here. If you're going to try and sit here and say that uh, the people that run these social Nick, media Nick, companies I, I, I know networks, what you're trying to say. What you mean is they're speaking from a position of privilege. <laughs> that's right. Okay. That's right. That's, um, that's right. a really it's, funny uh, meme. And I unfortunately have to true. kind of uh, provide a little bit more perspective, a little bit more background into what uh, Nick is trying to say. Oftentimes when people come for specific channels or Discord servers and whatnot, uh, if it's not led by uh, right-wing uh, people like uh, Destiny, the conquest that like ended up with Destiny losing his Twitter account, which happens uh, quite frequently to the members of the left as well. Um, but more often than not, it's for things like Tucker Carlson defending a child rapist on a talk show oh, or Tucker Carlson calling Arabs primitive apes or primitive monkeys on a talk show. Now, beyond that, if Tucker Carlson's white nationalism gets to a point where it's not profitable, unfortunately, that's capitalism, baby. If you hate that, then maybe you should reconsider what your perspective is on capitalism. Yeah, but that's not just capitalism, is it? I mean, there are, there are well-funded- marketing, yeah, marketing no, no, dollars hang on, hang on, away from Tucker Carlson's hang on, hang on, show is absolutely a product of no, capitalism. Hang, hang on, right? <laughs> there are very, very well-funded and well-engaged and well-staffed and well-manned on social media um, networks of activist groups that are very, very insistent on getting people like Tucker Carlson defunded. It's actually, it, it's actually somewhat of a fucking cancer to the dialogue, and it's making the left look like a predatory group of people who are out for blood, the way that they try to hurt people at every given turn. And it's not something that, like, nobody's seen. I mean, surely you guys are well aware that things like Media Matters, Hope Not Hate, all these sort of activist organizations are well connected and do a lot of damage to their political opponents. This is, this is, I hate, I fucking hate that I have to do this. Who argument. Did we just, who did we just lose? We just lost. Oh, Hassan it. just dipped. Oh, okay, good. All right. Oof, I can do this without him hearing then. Fuck. Oh, he's is back. he back? He's back, yeah. <sighs> okay. 
Ah, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm sorry, boys, okay? If you're left-wing and you follow my stream, fuck off, I hate you. However, this idea that media corporations are doing something to further, like, positive public dialogue is a absolute fucking fantasy. This is capitalism 101. What the media companies are gonna do is, as soon as it becomes politically expedient to do so, they're gonna throw their money in that direction. This idea that some media company is going to stake its reputation on progressive values is hilariously stupid. There is no board of directors that no CEO has walked in front of and said, listen, trans people might not be popular, but I think we're going to go ahead and push our company in that direction anyway. Absolutely not. Companies absolutely right. follow lock and step with cultural so norms. And that is absolutely Please let Destiny finish. Please let Destiny finish. Please let Destiny finish. I do acknowledge right. that there is a framework by which you can view this. So if you're somebody like Nick that believes that Jews control the whole fucking world and they're the ones <laughs> pushing narratives, right? Because multiculturalism destroy the white man. Sure, maybe they do. But for the rest of us that live in reality, this is capitalism 101, baby. Okay, Black Panther wasn't put out as a movie because they thought that it would help black people in the US. They did it because they knew it would make a fuck ton of money because there are a lot of people across the entire fucking world that engage with types of media and having more diversity helps and shit like that. That's where it comes from. This is a capitalism 101 okay, thing. Okay, 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 companies okay, moralizing okay. issues. Well, right? Okay, okay, okay so, no, no. Hang on, hang on. I, I got to take go this because right, you, you were just fucking wrong, mate, right? Listen to the director of Black Panther. Just listen to him. Like, have you watched any of his interviews or anything like that? It's all about the politics. If you look at, look, was it Tim Cook at Apple? He sounds like a preacher. Hold He's on, giving hold on. sermons. The director He's, of no, Black no, Panther, no, who funded his movie? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. It was Probably a large company story. that was looking to make a lot of money, Sargon. It wasn't yeah, him. I'm he sure didn't make an indie film. Money, but the idea that you think there isn't a political and moral goal in what they're doing is just wrong. You're just there wrong. is a political goal. The political goal is to show society whatever it is they want to see so they can make no, the most fucking true. money off of that's it. That's true. absolutely what, true. No, why not. didn't we get a, If that was true, then why didn't we get a Black Panther movie like this like 20 years ago or more women in media 20 years because ago? Because this is a new, this, this particular variant of politics is a relatively recent phenomenon, and it's taken the, the media establishment, the Hollywood establishment by storm. There seems I wish to be no one with any Sargon, kind of director might have world, Sargon, if your world was the director I, I, might have personal political goals, but that doesn't change the underlying reality that Destiny's trying to get you to understand, which is that big corporations are never going to fund a movie just for political purposes. And wrong. if you were if you if no, you wrong. were to You're understand this a little bit better, we would make the comparison between whoever the director of Black Panther was, which I don't even know, versus Boots Riley, an, an outspoken avowed communist who's been Listen, uh, a director and Riley, sorry to bother you is an indie movie that that makes a decent amount of money but still is not being funded by uh these sorts of like the, the you know some uh, chinese corporation or whatever and black panther is is because black panther is actually trying to make money versus the other one is genuinely trying to promote social change and, and, and actually this makes me so be, sad on, this makes me so sad well it makes me so sad because like this is Look, all hang on, no, no destiny hang on a second right. <sighs> so there, there are loads of examples of movies that have not done well because of an excessive focus on politics. With things like Black Panther, you're lucky because you're stumbling, in, and same with Captain Marvel, you're stumbling into a kind of cultural um, pocket that is capable of both pushing an agenda and making money. But these, there are many films that are just complete losses. I mean, I don't have a list off the top of my head. I don't have to go. But Ghostbusters, how about the female Ghostbusters? Was that how about big, Ghostbusters? Uh... Two, how about Ghostbusters two? That was all men and also sucked. What I mean, what do you mean? So People make shitty movies was, all the time. Does that mean that money Ghostbusters wasn't an agenda? Money. Right, Wait, and they are, they are. Of course, it was. Listen to Paul Feig. He says it's all about the agenda. Same with the um the guy who made Black Panther. Same with Captain Marvel. Like these things are agenda driven, and this is something that's driving Disney into the ground, man. Look at Star Wars. <laughs> they just acquired Disney. Oh, it's like fucking eighty percent of the fucking theater these days. Didn't they just acquire like the largest fucking? Yeah, I know, mate. Because but I don't think it's going to last forever. Look what they've done to the Star Wars franchise. 
Wait, is your argument genuinely that like Disney? Wait, I don't really watch your videos, Sargon. But is your argument actually that Disney is like that? Disney has a moral objective to like uh, make the world more progressive, and because of that, they're just like burning cash right now, and they're failing. I didn't say Disney. No, people in Disney. I mean, I don't know about like the high ups. I'm sure they're fucking hating. Are you familiar? Do see, so do, do you, do you not think that the board of directors has a vested interest, a fiduciary mouth. responsibility in ensuring uh, a shareholder uh, it, maximizing profit and ensuring okay. that Hassan, shareholder I think value the problem, is right? I think I, the problem that you have is that you view these things as more. Yes, you don't realize that these I, from a materialist like, perspective. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I know. I know, what I'm I know. But then they're, they're not monolithic. There are people operating. No, not monolithic. Materialistic. Yeah. Okay. I'm material. I'm saying <laughs> the 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 thing is more than the sum of its components, but the components within it are individual actors with their own agendas, and they come to these things with a particular perspective, and me, in many cases to push a specific agenda. And this agenda is costing them money. They have their hits, but they have many losses as well. And it's something that I don't think is sustainable. I mean, haven't they stopped making Star Wars films at this point? Just just to summarize your argument, what you're saying is that Disney as an organization or a corporation is not necessarily doing things politically, but there are people who are making decisions at Disney that do have political yes. leanings that are doing That's that. In order so you think like 75-year-old executives at Disney are like thinking, we, we, really want gay rights. Make, we really need to make the world more SJW. I'm a millionaire or a billionaire, an executive at I Disney. Didn't say that, he literally just said the opposite of that i i yeah i mean i i realize that you as a marxist have a problem with like 75 year old millionaires but i'm literally not saying that so if you no, can... no he's not saying there's a problem it's just like here's the do you know why you know about paul freeze uh, fucking political stances or why you know that some directors have the reason why they do that is because capitalists that want to make money on their movies throw them onto the fucking media because they know reactionaries like you two are going to make a fuck ton of videos talking about them <laughs> remember all the videos that were made well, about how okay, captain marvel is going to fucking fail because captain marvel was so politicized and SJW. that movie went on to make over a billion fucking dollars yeah. the only reason you know the political views of any of these fucking people is because um, it's because the big companies put them out there so that they talk about it so that it drives up hype for the movie. That's the only fucking I, reason. I don't agree. I, I wish yeah, no. I, if I but wish capitalism worked like how you thought it did, Sargon, because it I would be such a stronger capitalist. But this idea that pe- that companies are actually putting morals ahead of like just maximizing the amount of money they make for their business is comical. Like even in fucking China where the Black Panther it's was true. released, the fucking posters for that movie had to cover the actor's face because people in China don't really like black people that much. Like and, sure. and like there's so much dumb shit that happens for people to make money. This idea that yeah i don't know yeah, the businesses are actually trying Sargon to realize their problem like, to realize that Sargon is genuinely fact. liberal because he unironically thinks that like you know having more female you know uh prison guards is actually what the liberals are pushing our business is driving morality and culture Sargon, please respond to that and then nick if you'd like to go in and destiny hassan and we could wrap it up okay okay there is there is just no doubt about this. You guys living in Alabama, it's fine. Wait, wait, you're my cutout. Could you repeat that? You said there's Sorry, no doubt about this, me? and then you're, you said yeah, there's, there's no there's doubt, no about, doubt this. about this. You guys can live in denial about this if you want, but the people who make these movies have morals of their own. They and the people who fund these things have morals of their own. Of course, they obviously have physical, pragmatic, necessary re, necessary requirements on them, and this is why I think that there's probably a lot going on behind the scenes about. Well, re- probably serious conversations about sort of like you know the profitability of woke movies, and in many ways they don't seem very profitable. But there's no doubt that there's a push towards this. The directors will tell you this. The actors will tell you this. I don't see why we would sit there and say that they don't have this agenda. 
because we're Marxists, I guess, because we but sit there and think well, every capitalist is Evidence evil. is not on your side. No. I thought we were all willing to making a lot of uh, money. Concluding statements here. Is well, that not all of them? Concluding yes. statements. What Sargon finishes yeah, concluding? Not, 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 not all of them making... I'm sure, right? Isn't this like kind of your bread and butter? I'm surprised that you actually don't have any empirical data to back up your statements right now, given the fact that this is like oh, the majority of your on how many analysis, right? You're saying these movies are failing. Like the two highest grossing movies last year were The Black Panther and The Avengers Infinity War. Your like, argument about the right-wing yeah. media was that the two uh, just biggest were leftists doesn't mean the majority... And it's well, exactly aren't the majority of movies now like SJW propaganda? Isn't that like your argument that all the movies today are like all SJW shit? They all seem to be still be making a fuck ton of money, right? Like, no. Well, I think the big, the two movies that people are probably talking about is Captain Marvel and uh, Black Panther, right? Uh, Sargon, if you want to conclude your concluding statement and then we can go over to Nick. Yes, the, there, is, there is definitely a political agenda being driven in movies now. Luckily, some of them, like Captain Marvel and Black Panther, do very well. Many of them don't do very well, and I, don't, I think this is going to be something diminishing returns as we go into the future. There we go. Okay. Nick, do you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, the it all started out about Mueller, but it quickly became about media bias. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows that the media bias is in news media. Everybody knows the liberal bias is in Hollywood. We know it's uh, it exists everywhere, and we're living in it. I mean, there's just simply no disputing that. And we, we're talking about movies like Captain Marvel and Black Panther, but you could look at advertisements, you could look at sitcoms, you could look at video games. Why is it the case now that you know every movie I look at, the protagonist is, there's a girl, but she's special. There's something different about her. She's actually kind of quirky, and she's going to kick ass and save the world. I mean, that's every movie now, and that's every, that's every video game, Battlefield Five that new Far Cry game where the protagonists are like black lesbians or something. I mean, we know this, the Versace advertisement, they're trying to sell fucking perfume and what do they got on the front cover? Anybody want to take a look? So, and again, and I do want to clarify, this is the last thing I'll say, which is what Sargon said. We're not saying that the people at the top, we're not saying that the major, you know, CEOs and CFOs and owners are saying, yeah, yeah, get a little interracial kissing in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make this, that character homosexual or something. We're not saying that it's coming from the top down. What we're saying is that the people that are actually directing these things have an agenda. People that are directing the advertisements. For example, in uh, Stranger Things, this was a popular thing that was going on on our side of the Internet. In the second season of Stranger Things, I guess a white girl kissed a black boy or something to that effect. And it came out like, why did that happen? Well, it wasn't even in the script. The director said, why don't you just do that? Now, did somebody come down from the top and say, hey, we need a kiss like this. This is going to make more money. Or was it a director? With a personal bias who said something like this might be good for my agenda, whatever that might be. So and and that this is controversial, that this is even an argument just shows how out of touch and uh, and disingenuous you guys are being. Because I think everybody knows the world we're living in. Uh, that's that's one thing we can't. That, okay. Dispute. All right. The fact that you want to bring up an interracial kissing as a part of your like media analysis genuinely oh, shows me how far, like, how far you're going to imagine thinking oh, imagine thinking on, like, on, two children on, can, I, can i ask please can I let us on finish what? all right i'll let him finish <laughs> that was really good nick that was a really clever rebuttal um yeah well hang on before we move on i love so that I you want to i love that you want to uh be taken seriously on, as, a, as a commentator and yet uh you unironically get triggered by a Personal black attack. person and a Personal white person attack. kissing in a Netflix movie. I don't think, think that, that is social progress. Who gives a fuck? 
That's the whole point. Like, who gives a fuck one way or the other? Ultimately, is it making money or is it not making money? If you think that, if you think that movies have a moral interest in pushing a narrative and changing social culture beyond like the people who are trying to do it in like little ways in the way that you apparently, you know, interracial mixing is also uh, a problem. But beyond that, if you think that there is a, 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 this larger idea then you have to prove it. You have to tell me that like this doesn't just this isn't just uh, successful because people want to watch this sort of stuff. You have to show me that despite the fact that these companies are failing, they're still doing it. Okay, what what do you consider proof in this regard? Is the the director the actor? Well, let's let, let's continue. Let, let, let's conclude the the statement. I think Sargon wanted to make a quick, please, very quick yeah, very, uh, very, uh, correction. Very um, he wanted, he just, wanted, he wanted to make a correction the... to his past. Uh, make the correction, and we'll go to Destiny immediately. Please yeah, make yeah, it very sure. quick. So in 2018, Disney's profits were down 18%, 17%, and they've canceled all the other Star Wars spin-offs because they got woke and went broke. You know, they, they, it's killing what? Disney. No, it's because they're shit. The prequels were shit too. I mean... They're shit because of identity politics, mate. What, why were the prequels shit? <laughs> the prequels shit because George Lucas is now a touch old. Do you see the difference there? Do you see why identitarians get so mad at you? Because you just said that the prequels are shit because they're bad movies on their own merit, but the sequels were shit because of identity politics. Maybe they were just yeah. shit movies. They certainly were shit movies, but the cause of them being shit movies isn't the same for the prequels. How, can you tell me what part of the Star Wars movie was ruined because of identity politics? Was it that the main character was a woman, or was there a black guy? I can give you with... my opinion if you like. Sure. I'm, but the point I'm is, this, the new Star Wars movie are not raking in the dosh, and they're being cancelled because Disney is costing money. Like, Hassan's, Hassan's like, you know, Wait, evil Jewish... If you're right, the, the, the new Star Wars movies aren't making money. the fact that movies are losing money, they're still pushing these movies because they want to push the moral narrative. Doesn't then, that mean that Star Wars would still continue to make these movies then? Holy shit! If oh wait, you you're right! You're just right. What the fuck are you talking about, Sargon? They canceled the movies exactly because they were making what I'm money! Saying. Let Sargon Listen, finish completely, right? please. Hold your thought. This is there an Hassan, Hassan, listen, right? The the Jewish billionaires that you are so interested in and hate so much, they are concerned with their profits. The people down the chain who are interested in morals are the ones losing their money, and they've cancelled the Star Wars films because the people further down the chain are fucking it up. So, pushing a moral message. I don't know how much clearer I can make that. Okay, okay. wait, can I just, okay. I just want to give three facts real quick, real quick. Wait, wait, three, three quick facts, okay? You the Force Awakens, the Force Awakens made... I let Asmongold, Asmongold, please let go ahead and then Destiny. what he's saying, just so everybody is on the same page here. What you're saying is that the people in the middle, Sargon, are basically making decisions that are making the people at the top lose money. Absolutely. In in, in and in response to that, the people at the top are preventing the people in the middle from continuing to make films. Well, they're canceling the franchise, yeah. Right, yeah, they're canceling. Yeah. Okay, definitely. So, okay, so the, the Force Awakens, okay, one of the most cucked films of all time, okay, the story of a cucked white man getting uh, taken over by a strong black man and a female lead made $2 billion, okay? Yeah. The, the Last Jedi, another story of horrible, evil white men, blah, 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 made mm -hmm. $1.3 billion. These are the yeah. SJW failing horrible movies. Yeah. But then our movie that has strong white lead male character solo that only made 392 million that's yeah. by the way why those movies why the obi-wan movie is getting canceled is because of how fucking horrible solo did which was a yeah. white straight male do you think but that they fucked that one up because slide. wait do you think that instead do you think instead of um solo for having this the white straight male should they have like made like a female lead or a black lead do you think well, that might have saved um rogue one box office 1.05 billion fuck it's so it's, fucking... it's been a consistent decline since the last jedi Ooh, your movie makes a billion dollars i don't think that's a i don't think people see that as necessarily I'm like sure a... you don't but they've canceled further spin-offs because they're not
Well, I'm pretty sure the cancellation. I'm pretty sure the cancellation of the spinoffs happened because of how horrible Solo did, not because Rogue I'm One sure made a billion dollars. No, just, I'm just sure a second. That's the case. Yeah, but the other three made over a billion dollars, right? You said Rogue One and the other two Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, and also Rogue One made a billion dollars. That came out before the Last Jedi, which made one point well, three billion dollars. So it's the, the okay. This conversation is getting ridiculous. Can we pass this point now? Because obviously, I think. Sargon already uh, admitted that the profit motive is still very much in effect when uh, Hollywood factors in uh, making new movies. I don't think we're arguing the same thing. I think you're arguing that making is a profit-making business. I don't think anybody disputed that. What we're saying is that there is obviously a social agenda being implemented by the people making these features. And that's not, again, if you're looking at a corporation as... It's Walt Disney who makes the movies and he's the head of the company. So you're saying that eventually, eventually oh, movies are going to not make profit. That's what you're saying. If no, they continue we're saying, to go well. I don't, I don't know what this in fixation the is on the profit. The point is that the people that are directing these things have a social agenda that they're implementing. The point is not that there are people at the top that are commanding down and there's this grand conspiracy working. Clearly, who are the types that produce films? Who are the types that end up in these creative type positions. We know they're biased. That's all that the argument was about. You're trying to say, you guys are wrong because they're canceling unprofitable movies. Well, nobody said that they were pursuing this in spite of profit. We're saying there is a social agenda, which is two different arguments. Well, no, it's literally a dichotomy. You either pursue a social agenda or you maximize profits. It's one or the other. If, we're if saying that maximize profits. We're talking about a, an, an organization okay. which is not monolithic, as Sargon said earlier. What, what, what Nick is trying to say is that there are two separate parties. There are the people that are trying to make all of the money and the people that are trying to assert their social opinions. Is, is no, I understand right? that. I'm just, it's but frustrating for me because like, distinct, I, are you guys aware of how distinct. Hollywood works at all? Or are you just like speculating? There is no <laughs> way that there is not a single, there, there isn't a movie that gets made for $200 million where every inch of that movie isn't regulated and, and, and goes all the way back to the financial institutions where they can take a look at like what's going on and ensure that it's still profitable. Uh, and and means tested and and market ready. Do you really think How that they're just going to? They would not film? allow like mid level uh, people to just like sneakily include social justice messages into it. It's, it's, it's the psychotic to assume Hassan. it. It's the what? directors that are doing this. Okay, they're very if, open about it. Okay, but they would never be able to get away with it. Is my point? They How can't, did they lose money then? If it wasn't, if it wasn't, <laughs> financial they, viable, they would never okay, be able to get I, away with it. Which is precisely I, I, why you can't. You can't honestly bring up a, a yeah, point I, where I like, a company has gone under because they've like tried social justice too much. I, I think this conversation sure has gotten to be a little bit ridiculous. So I, I agree. I can, can I ask? That, I said, can I ask Nick a simple What's yes or no question, and then I won't, I won't have a I <laughs> won't have a rebuttal. Well, well, we know it's not going to be a yes or no. No, no, it'll, it'll be really simple yes or no. I'm, yeah, I'm genuinely just curious. I, I, no, no, you don't have to answer yes or no. You can explain more if you want. Do you think it's immoral in media to show interracial relationships? I don't think it's immoral. I just don't want a social agenda being pushed by. Uh, a social agenda which is so deliberate. I mean, that's what offends me is the fact that it's so obvious and out there. And yeah, it's not something that I believe in. It's something I disagree with. I don't believe okay. that uh, people making advertisements should be trying to control or manipulate what we believe about certain things, and certainly not in that direction. Okay, but you don't okay, have any problem. Yeah, well, no, you said certainly not in that direction. Does that mean that you have a specific inclination against interracial relationships? Yeah, I don't think it's something else? that should be promoted. I don't think okay. it's okay. All right, let's go ahead. Let's just go on to the next topic. I, agree. I, li I like the laughing. Yeah. That'll okay. be really funny when you guys are yeah. bred out of existence. 
All right, yeah, oh, dude, that's man. me. And I, you don't Let's know, man. Go. My life is so fucking hard. I can't you know, find any girls because we're just not black enough. They don't want anything to do with white people anymore. All, man. all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, so Destiny's speaking, speaking Nick, of that, how does it make you feel guys, that I am in white genocide? You sound like all right. I love all these. I want to point out also, by the way, I'm the only one here with a kid. Besides, I don't know. I think Sargon is here too. Sargon, where's your where your children at? Abandon the kids, but you got where's your where your children at, Fuentes? Hey, at least I made one, man. I'm contributing to the white population. Where are your kids at? Let's Wait not bring shade. Maybe if you drop this, you got it. Okay, 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 you got it. Bullshit. You, you can finally get a head start. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, guys, okay. guys, guys, stop. Okay. Listen. Let's go, let's go to the next topic. Yes. How about that? Again, your, so your gene pool is diluted. Come on, so you technically are also going guys. Stop with these ad hominem. Hey, stop these ad homs. Relax. As we that's why I tried to end. As soon as Nick said that, I tried to go to the next topic. Didn't work. Though. <laughs> right. we'll continue. Now, as we go, we can't just like, let him one. drop that in there. Let's go. All right. Next one. Next one we want to talk about is the New Zealand church shooting. Now, the tragedy, and this yes. is what we. I'm going to be right reading this off the same as Train did. The tragedy in Christchurch, New Zealand, where 50 people were killed and 50 others were injured while attending a mosque, has promoted many media outlets to ask what part of online content creators play and the radicalization of terrorist attacks. The debate following the shooters posting on 8chan stating subscribe to PewDiePie and referencing many popular internet memes in the manifesto he released prior to the attack. He also stated plainly in said manifesto that he had done these things in order to try and sow dissent between the left and the right and try to further right radicalize others, a point that hasn't stopped the subsequent calls for censorship. Does this panel honestly believe that the shooter was radicalized or directly incited to commit this crime by YouTubers and content creators he followed? And if so, is the appropriate response to deplatform anyone who is considered irresponsibly right-wing? I think that we should start this off. Bef actually, Asmund, before, before we actually start this, I wanted to take, I wanted to give you guys the opportunity, if any of you need to use the restroom or get a water, this would be the time. I actually had a- That does sound good, actually. Take, yeah. take, take the time. <laughs> hey, hey, I gotta be, I gotta be real bad. Let him talk, let him talk, let him talk. Yep, all right, okay. We'll take a five minute little uh, uh, break and then we'll continue with this. I'll read it one more time once everyone gets back. Uh, go ahead and turn your cameras off if you'd like and we can get started again in five minutes. I'll put a timer on. This concludes part one of the Scuffed Political Podcast, episode 35. Please continue to part two to finish the episode. Follow Trainwrecks TV on Twitter, twitter.com slash Trainwrecks TV.